This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack having fun with a world gone crazy. All right. This Sunny Update's brought to you by Farrah Farrah, who, uh, who called it. Jill not here all week. I called yeah, it. I figured she'd make the recover. You know, I didn't talk to her at all yesterday. Really? Hope she's all right. She's probably in Vegas gambling. You get? Yeah. That's what I thought. All right. Not the top story, but uh, the best story because of the witness involved. U.S. military is set to spend at least 1.7, ready for this? Oh, no. $1.7 are nearly 2,500 of the F-35 jets like the one that just came down in South Carolina. Remember the one that just came down, $100 million jet? We still don't know why it came down. There's lots of theories. It got hacked. Pilot lost control of the airplane, so he had to eject. Another one, some yahoos and a militia shot at it. Yahoos. I, I don't believe that at all. And then there's a third theory being bounced around there now that, uh, let's see here, um... That the automatic pilot was engaged, and for some reason, there's a. Do you know this plane has an auto eject? This plane has an auto eject because it's not a normal jet. It's a. Uh, it also hovers. I don't know if you remember. Was it the Harrier that did that? Yeah. It can hover over the ground like a helicopter, and then convert into a jet that flies. The problem is, is that if you're hovering and this thing decides it's going to go like. If the engine's going to quit, the pilot doesn't have enough time to eject. Plus, you're probably near the ground. So what it does is it uh, detects a violent move. Like one engine goes out, the plane starts to tilt. You, you have milliseconds. At that point, the auto eject sends the pilot up into the sky. They're thinking the auto eject might have gone off accidentally, and he didn't mean to get out of that plane. Hence why he was uh, you know, pretty seriously hurt. Yeah, uh, it's I would one, buy that. It's one of those things. But regardless of that, hey, look, I'm, I'm all for the military having whatever they need. I don't think they have enough. Oh, well, we spent a lot of money on military. I get that. How about we not spend so much money on the Ukraine and uh, spend some more money on our defenses? Because then something ugly coming, I'm telling you. We better be ready and we're not. Yeah, we're handing out all our stuff. I mean, never mind all the stuff we left for the Taliban to have. Now, listen to this. Listen to this. The F-35 costs between 80 and 100 million per aircraft. They want to they want to build 2500 more of them at a cost of 1.7 trillion. Here's the key factor. Let me get the dumb 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 ready cuz you're going to want to have that dumb 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 after I lay this fact on you. Okay? 
This is from the military spokesperson. It's a coin flip whether the F-35 fighter jet can complete any mission. So a coin flip. What does that mean? That means this this aircraft, this $100 million piece of crap... Might not be up to the task? ...has already only performed 55% of its missions to completion. What what, what does that mean? Do they only fly halfway somewhere? What is that? More than 10,000 of the aircraft have been grounded for repairs. Just 450 are currently fielded that are being used. And those, 55% chance they complete a mission. Then why would we buy more? Uh, dude, I don't know. Are they better? Than, what happened to the F-22 Raptor? Wasn't that the cool thing? I'm going to pull a Kareem Jean Van Damme Claude Mellencamp here and say you'll have to talk to them. <laughs> you'll need to contact the Department of Defense for that. I encourage you. I implore you to ask the Department of Defense. It's, it's insane. So this thing has major costly maintenance issues, and we continue to spend money building more of them instead of fixing what's wrong now. Now, the most entertaining part of that aircraft going down on, uh, was it Sunday or two, Monday? I don't know. Was the witness. Uh, in the bathroom taking a shave, and I heard a, a screeching, between a screech and a whistle, I said, what in the world is this? And I heard a boom. In my whole house show. Yeah, and, uh, uh, you know, just coincidentally enough, two years ago, we had this... uh it was just part of the weird news we were doing, this goat that makes this extraordinary sound. And this guy popped up this week as a witness of this crash of the F-35, and it's oddly similar. Here's him. Here's that goat. Is he That's the, close enough to me. Is he shape-shifting? Is he, a, is he a goat on weekends? I don't know, but the thing that scared me the most is says he went into the bathroom to take a shave. Oh, must have been a dull razor. Well, I just, I didn't imagine him saying shave. Who takes a shave? You go to shave. Well, that's You that, take other things. That's another question I thought about <laughs> on the way to the bathroom the other day. Uh, and this is what I think of when, you see, I have an ADD mind. It's constantly going. It's it's exhausting. But I was going to the bathroom and I was saying, I'm not going here to take an S. Why do they keep saying that? Yeah, I'm, I'm leaving one, technically. I'm coming there to give an S. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but you don't give any of those either. Well, we kind of. I'm giving it to the sewage system. <laughs> okay, leave is good. You're right. All right, outraged protesters. Isn't this something? Isn't, isn't this something? New York City, as in Chicago and San Francisco and LA, they're all sanctuary cities. When they had no people coming up there from the border, no illegal immigrants, they were like, we're a sanctuary. Do you have any kind of gliss music, kind of like, you know, namaste kind of stuff? Um, Anything maybe. that would fit? Back when they were sanctuary cities and there wasn't any sanctuarians coming. <laughs> Is that a word? Um, they were they were so happy to, to espouse their virtue and tell everybody how, how righteous they are in saying, everybody's welcome. Look at the Statue of Liberty. We're here for your poor, for your downtrodden, for those of you forced to move out of your country because of um, climate change. Come to New York. We'll wait here with open arms until you come here, and then we'll throw you out. That's right. That's right. Uh. We can stop with that now. So, outrage protest. Or you can keep it behind Scott <laughs> Labiato here. Scott Labiato is an activist. Labedo? Labedo, is that how you say it? 
Scott Lebedo is an activist, uh, conservative artist in New York City. He's very famous in New York City. And uh, in Staten Island, residents are very upset. I don't blame them. I know those of you who have never been to New York don't understand the boroughs. Yeah. There's Manhattan. There's Queens. There's a very, very urbanized areas. But there's also a little anomaly there called Staten Island. Staten Island's like any neighborhood in Orlando. Really? It's, yeah, single-story houses, some, you know, two-story houses, uh-huh. very suburban, grass lines, uh, grass, tree-lined streets, schools. Mm. I mean, it looks like anywhere in the USA. It's not part of that, you know, what Manhattan is. You would describe it as bucolic. Yeah, well, not bucolic, but but crowded suburban. It's, it's not a big metropolitan, you know, cement block. So Scott went out there because right now they're sending thousands of male 24, 23-year-old migrants, illegals, to a school there that's not being used right in the middle of the neighborhood. It's a public school building. Oh, no. They're going to house them there right across. Well, let Scott tell you. Listen to my words, please. I'm standing here in front of St. John's Villar Academy on 26 Landis Avenue in Staten Island. This is ground zero for this insanity happening all over the city. This is a major residential area here, okay? This right here, they're going to be housing hundreds of male, young men from all over the world who haven't been vetted. We don't know if they're pedophiles, rapists, or whatever. And right here, 50 feet away, is St. Joseph Academy that has kindergarten to 12th grade. Keep going. To 12th grade. This right here is their playground. 50 feet. No way. No way. Tomorrow, if there's not thousands of people here from street to street and around the block, these folks are going to be moving in on Friday unless you get the here. Tomorrow. And that was uh, that was uh, a few weeks ago. That was the initial protest. And there was another protest yesterday. So the residents are taken to the street and uh, just telling, hey, look, you know, and it's funny because, again, th- this is the areas that were called sanctuary cities. Bring us your poor. And all of a sudden, the governor, the, the most hysterical part is the governor can't stand her. Ugh. Oh, Hochul? Hochul. Yeah, she was out there yesterday, and this is, she is like the leader of the woke, and she got out there yesterday and said, yeah, um, okay, uh, no more, that's enough, we don't have any more room. And I'm thinking to myself, you don't have any more room. You want to hear a story about Eagle Pass, Texas? It's an area of, uh, I don't know what the population is. I'm going to guess between 40 and 60,000, which is a very small city. Mm-hmm. Uh, in one day, in one day, 4,000 illegals crossed the border into that city. The mayor had to uh, declare an Eagle Pass emergency alert. What is it called? Emergency declaration. Yeah. Thousands of migrants says they have nowhere to put them. Okay, it's a city of 30,000. It is the most heavily crossed six hours ever in our history at the border. And now the city has nowhere to put these people. 4,000 in one day. And the mayor of New York and the governor of New York are complaining because they got 110,000 over the last year. We're pacing in the border of Texas, Arizona, and places like even California. We're pacing at 10,000 illegal crossings per day. Per day. Is that crazy or what? And That's she's, a lot. And she's complaining. Here she is yesterday saying, um, no more. We have to let the word out. 
that when you come to New York, we're not going to have more hotel rooms. We don't have capacity. So we have to also message properly that we're at our limit. If you're going to leave your country, go somewhere else. This is Martha's Vineyards in slow motion. Remember Martha's Vineyard? Oh, yeah. No, well, this is this is a two year slow motion. Now, you remember Martha's Vineyard? Governor DeSantis sent 48 illegal migrants up to Martha's Vineyard. It's a small enclave. It's a very wealthy with lots of hotel rooms. It's a tourist destination for people who can afford it. Lots of rooms and lots of woke people. Very, very. This is this is so blue an area that it's almost purple. It's deep, deep Democrat. Deep. We have compassion, unlike those slobby Republicans who hate everyone. And then the 48 illegals showed up. I was only 48 of them. That's funny. One for each hour that they were there. Yeah, they, that's right. Within 48 hours, the wonderful, loving, compassionate, we love you, we need the we need the diversity. Oh, bring them on. As soon as they got there, within 48 hours, they called the military base and told them, take them, take them now, get them out of here. We don't need these brown people here in our area. Look what they're doing. Uh, what are they doing? I don't know. They're just, they're brown. And so they were all shuffled off to a military base. Yeah. I mean, th- this is two years ago, December 2021. It's been two years. Here's Hochul. So our message to the world is send us your people. Send us those who need the uh, the cloak of comfort that we can demonstrate as New Yorkers with big hearts and open arms. And we'll provide a safe haven. You you win the broadcast trophy of the morning for getting that soundbite. You win. Isn't that fun? Oh, my God. And then do you have her current? The one Such that a the- stark contrast. Yeah, to yeah, your- yeah, here it is. We have to let the word out that when you come to New York, we're not going to have more hotel rooms. We don't have capacity. So we have to also message properly that we're at our limit. Get the hell out. So our message to the world is send us your people, send us those who need the uh, the cloak of comfort that we can demonstrate as New Yorkers with big hearts and open arms. Get out. Get out. If you're going to leave your country, go somewhere else. <laughs> Woo! All uh, right, I can go home now. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. All right. We have to play that again later. Oh, my God. Funny. Okay, same thing here. This isn't quite as good, but uh, Biden just uh, ordered another 800 troops to our border. Remember when they used to criticize Trump? Uh, you know, oh, sending the National Guard. He's using our military. This is ridiculous for a political stunt. Well, yeah, that's right. The Biden administration announced yesterday sending another 800 troops to assist in stemming the migration influx. That is a lie. They're not stemming the migration flow. What they're doing is they're going there to help process new Democrat voters. Now, it's funny because in 2018, the president, the former president, Obama, said this. Now in 2018, they're telling you the the existential threat to America is a bunch of poor refugees a thousand miles away. Oh, really? They're even taking our brave troops away from their families for a political stunt at the border. And the men and women of our military deserve better than that. That's right. Trump is sending the troops down to the border. It's a stunt. Biden sends them. Oh, this is good. This is good that we're sending 800 troops. I mean, (laughs) you can't find a bigger bunch of hypocrites in this. And I'm not saying Republicans aren't either. They all are. They all are. 
I think people are catching on. These people could give a rip about you. Republican, Democrat, Independent, doesn't matter. These people don't care. They're out to get their own. They want to get their. They want to wrapped around in those dollar bills. Mm-hmm. They want. They love power. That they have an insatiable need for power. And they will do anything to get it. Now, uh, yesterday was also a high note for Corrine Jean-Pierre, or whatever her name is, Mellencamp. Peter Dushi has been like the thorn in her side and, uh, about everything. He's the only one that asks any questions. But people are beginning to ask questions slowly but surely. Some of the other reporters are like, well, he's pretty brave. Um, Maybe I'll say something. Anyway, Peter Dushi uh, was, uh, he's from Fox News, by the way. He's uh, Mr. Doocy's son. What's his name? Um, I don't watch. So I don't uh, know. Peter Doocy. Uh, I don't know. I always call him Deuce Jr. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he did exchange yesterday when he asked her about what's going on at the border. What do you call it here at the White House when 10,000 people illegally cross the border in a single day? So what do you call it, Peter, when GOP puts forth a... a, a wait, no. No, 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 no. No, you can't. Green? I'm answering... Okay, we're going to move on. No, 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 no. We're moving on. Green, please. Back, back. You said it was stopping the flow of the border. No, no. I tried to answer. Peter, I tried to answer the question. You stopped me. Let's go. What an incompetent. What an incompetent boob. And she's in charge. She is the conduit to what's going on in the White House daily. I mean, Gene Psaki, although Gene Psaki, um, Jen Psaki, who always lied all the time, was, but she, at least she was professional. She was good at it. She did her hair every morning. This one is just a box checker. She was put up there just because she checked some boxes off for the woke. Yeah, at least. Jen would would dodge a question in a, a better, more clever way to where you almost had to think about what you'd say next. Yeah. Whereas Kareem's like, I don't know, you better ask somebody else. Ask somebody else. It's like, you're the press secretary. But unfortunately, she's not very bright. And uh, funny thing is, like I told you, one of the other reporters, and this was for, actually from a liberal publication, was like, oh, if he can do that, maybe I can try to do it. footage yesterday of Border Patrol cutting some of the razor wire that Texas had installed. Um, Governor Abbott has vowed to reinstall it. They have their, his border czar has pictures of people taking fresh razor wire out to the border to reinstall it. Is there now a federal policy of removing the barriers that Texas is installing? So here's, here's, here's what I'll say. I would have to look into that. I did so, see those reports yesterday. But as it relates to Governor Abbott, we know what he has done this past uh, these past couple of years while this president uh, has been in office. He's, he's turned this, when it comes to the border, he's turned this into a political stunt. <laughs> Gee, I wonder who, t- you know, her and Obama hang out a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what that stunt, did. that's like conspiracy theory, the term. It's the same thing. So if you want to, you know, do something to irritate them, say stunt, political stunt. And uh, and it just goes on. Now, the record-setting uh, day was yesterday. 10,000 people illegally crossed the border. 10,000. But, oh, no, that Governor Abbott, that... <laughs> That's just a political stunt. Enormous amount of concern. Uh, the, the mayor of Eagle Pass tells us at least 5,000 people crossed probably yesterday or in the last two days, maybe a lot more. What, I mean, you've already talked a little bit, but yeah. what resources specific to this surge are being. Well, I just laid out. I just laid out three additional announcements that we did to deal with um, to deal with the border that we announced yesterday. We announced a TPS uh, Venezuela uh, announcement as well yesterday. And so this is a president again that has taken uh, that has taken action without the help of of Republicans in Congress. Yeah. So there you go. The White House doesn't want to explain why they want Latin America to colonize North America. <laughs> 
Biden said, just watch me. And I am. I'm watching him give half a million Venezuelans temporary amnesty this week. No deportations, and they get work permits and social security numbers. And that gets them driver's licenses. And in Pennsylvania, you get a driver's license, they mail you a ballot. In New York, you have a social security number, you can register to vote. That's the point. Yeah, that's the whole point. Sadly enough, most Americans don't know what's going on. That's the point. It's to change this country forever. It's for them to remain in power forever. And you'll scratch your head wondering how it happened. Yeah, I mean, when you're not very popular anymore, you bring in a new populace. Solved. It, it's 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 scary because it's happening right in front of you. You know, I'm going to do this on Monday, but I spent the entire day not arguing, discussing uh, this point about migration with a guy, Cuban guy, fellow Cuban, that didn't understand that unless it's an ABC, NBC, CBS, it's not true. He couldn't. He couldn't swallow what I was telling him that they're lying to you every day. They're keeping the information for, oh no, no, you don't have the sources. They, they, my parents were the same way. They were just like, and they were, you know, obviously from Cuba. They were like, that's what's scary. The brainwashing that is going on with half this country. And frankly, you can see it because half the country doesn't watch anything but the major networks and they lie to you and they know it. And they're manipulating you. And and most people, believe it or not, most people think there's nothing really going on at the border. They don't have a clue. And right now your country's being taken away from you. And I saw that survey yesterday. People are sick of politics. That's unfortunate, too. Yeah, it's irritating and, and it makes you angry. But the thing is, if any time you should be paying attention, it's this next 18 months. This mm-hmm. I know you hear that all the time from the talking heads and the Sean Hannity's. Oh, this is the most important election. And you know what? That's a bunch of crap. I've heard that a million times and they have to get ratings. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you this time. It's like with the boy that cried wolf. This time it's true. This could very well be the most important election ever in this country because they're coming at you with everything. Whether you think there was fraud during the election or not, you know, what I what I think doesn't really matter. But you got to imagine they're planning a lot of stuff because if you've seen what they've done over the last year. There's no red line they won't cross. And right now they're doing something I would never think would be possible. They're actually changing the demographics of this country and they're doing it right under your nose. And the accomplices are the media and the media is the most dangerous problem we have. End of story. I'm telling you. <laughs> you see this lady stolen alligator? Oh, this is the lady here in Orange County, isn't she? 25-year-old lady, she stole an alligator, kept it in her bathtub, according to FWC. Uh, deputies asked for help on, uh, were asked for help on September 4th regarding, regarding the gator that was in her bathtub in Grove Resort Winter, uh, Water Park. Upon arrival, the woman stated she had taken the alligator from Croc Encounters in Tampa, where she used to work. The woman told officials she went to the business before it opened and took the gator. Uh, why did she take the gear? Well, she said she, she, she borrowed him. Borrowed him, yeah. Like you do. She wanted to uh, the gator to take pictures with for a birthday. Oh, isn't that sweet? <laughs> Nothing says happy birthday like a gator. <laughs> Today is a big day here. Brightline will finally start service out of Orlando to Miami and back. 
It'll cost you $79 one way. I don't know what the round trip fee is. Uh, there's a 37,350 square foot station here in Orlando. There's an even bigger, bigger terminal down in Miami. Both contained, I guess the one in Miami is in the airport as well. Ours is at the OIA terminal, the new one. Ah, okay. So you can buy tickets right now. So I have to go to the airport to get on the, the train. Right. So you also have to pay for parking. So uh, mm. you'll be spending, I mean, I'm I'm just making numbers up here, but I'm guessing that uh, you're going to be spending 150 160 bucks. How long do you just think to I can leave my car at the cell lot? Just to go one way. <laughs> right. Or at that little convenience store across the street. Nobody will notice. Yeah. Uh, Brightline completed the long-anticipated rail line back in June before months of testing. The company says uh, this work generated more than 10,000 jobs and had an economic impact of more than $6 billion for the state of Florida. Service uh, was supposed to start on Labor Day. It was delayed, and today is the big day. And the- whoa, whoa. Yeah, they have a... By the way, they... they uh, I don't know if you remember the guy who was the CEO for SunRail. Oh, what's his name, Carl? Carl something. Yeah, he's been hired to run Brightline. Hi, this is Carl Jenkins, the new CEO of Brightline, formerly the CEO of Sunrail. Well, I'm very excited today to announce that this is Brightline's first ride. Uh, Those of you wondering what kind of experience we're talking about here, the train will mostly remain on the track most of the trip, and you'll be able to sit in your seat, and eventually someone in a beautiful new conductor's outfit, nicely starched, will come by and check your ticket. Any uh, questions? Hi, uh, Timmy Leonard from Railroad Magazine here. Now, for our $79 one-way trip, I, I assume that the, the train, uh, uh, seeing as it goes so fast, will get there in a, a very rapid amount of time. Is that correct? Well, you would think, but no, it actually takes about 15 minutes longer than driving your stupid Prius. But uh, uh, forgive me for asking, but there's really nothing else on the tracks, right? Here at Brightline, we encourage you not to ask a lot of questions and just get on the damn train. Okay, next question. Jeb Jankett here for uh, Trains Weekly. Okay. Now, do you mean to tell me this thing goes 100 miles an hour and it still takes me three hours to get to Miami? Well, actually, it goes 125 miles an hour, and that's absolutely correct, so... Am I allowed to have sex in the bathroom? Um, well... How much are the baggage fees? Well, at the time, there are no... Is there any place I can store my chickens? Being as we're running out of time for this uh, presser, uh, why don't you just uh, get on the train and uh, stop asking so many damn questions? $79. And don't forget our motto here at Brideline is, uh, getting there is half the fun. <laughs> yeah. My lot of right on top. Why don't you just shut up? It's the fastest choo-choo here in Florida. Get on the bright line. Keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle. Por favor, mantenga el de las puertas. This sunny update. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. The Rick's Tasty Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. Having fun with the world gone crazy. Ah, yes. Jill should be back on Monday. I don't know. I've kind of, she's not. I'm, I'm taking next week off. I'm suspicious because uh, usually we speak each day, and yesterday there was no communicating with Jill. So, Like I said, I hope she's in Vegas gambling, and it was all just a vacation. Yeah, Maybe. Um, I don't know. I figured this is kind of common knowledge, but artificial sweeteners probably aren't very good for you. I know a few countries have banned them, like aspartame and stuff like that. Right. Well, we knew that, right? Well, a new study says that highly processed packaged foods and drinks um, up your risk for depression. Okay. As much as 50%, according to a new study. I've never liked any of them. They try to come out with all the stuff like stevia. Is that how you say it? Stevia. Stevia. That has a, it's got a bizarre taste to it and a bizarre aftertaste. And then there's another one that they came out with recently. Yeah, it's the aftertaste where you're like, something tastes fake. We can send a man to the moon. We can, we, we, we do such amazing things and we can't come up with something that resembles sugar. I mean, it's, is it that difficult? Can't we just have sugar? No. Well, then just have stuff without sugar. Sugar's really bad. Really bad for you. Yeah, but not completely. Your brain still needs glucose to run. Yeah, it gets glucose from just about everything you eat, though. I see, there you I, go. At least I know that. I know. Yeah, I'm, we just I'm, don't I'm, need to eat so much sugar. I'm not Professor Smokestack. Yeah, but I mean, we do. We're, we're people are still addicted to soda. It's just like it's worse than cigarettes in some instances when you think about it. Well, yeah, because your body suddenly gets three days worth of its sugar all at once. You're like, yeah, I need more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you turn into rotten macho man Randy Savage <laughs> for a second. Um, this Alex Murdaugh trial now. He pled guilty yesterday to 22 counts. Now, of, if you don't know who, who he is, when he, he's, um, when he did explain- a whole Netflix documentary on this guy. He's like a big shot attorney and his family's very well known. And people kept like mysteriously dying around their family. And then he comes home to his wife and son shot mysteriously. Well, that's what he said. That's what he said. Now, it's very, very suspicious because this guy used to be an attorney, so he obviously kind of knows how to cover his tracks. <laughs> and I guess a, a few of the murders had some money involved. Mm-hmm. Like the maid. The maid accidentally fell down some steps two, onto the gravel and killed herself somehow. Two, mil- two million dollars, yep. Yep, and he took out an insurance policy on her like a week beforehand or something. Yeah, I mean... Really not, sketchy stuff. Not too obvious, though. I mean, come on. So he's been up to his eyeballs in um, legal trouble, and he was you know, convicted to murder, um, pled guilty in court, and uh, yesterday pled guilty in federal court to 22 counts of financial fraud and money laundering. Wow. He'd been bilking his clients out of money for years. So I guess... Um, 
he he had this whole thing where he was just slowly siphoning money, but it was a very clever way to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, almost like a, a Joe Biden shell company setup. Mm-hmm. Very, very clever. And uh, they, they handed down that verdict yesterday. Today is the first time that Alec Murdoch has been held accountable for his decades of thefts of more than ten and a half million dollars from his clients and from his law firm and from others who trusted him. As you heard today, Murdoch's financial crimes were calculated and heartless. Now, each of these 22 charges, each that he's pled guilty to, carries a maximum of 20 to 30 years. Okay, so the murder trial hasn't happened yet? No, he's already been convicted. He's been that. convicted of the murder. Yeah. Now this. Why do we now wait? Now this on top of it. Wait, doesn't the conviction... This is something I don't understand about the ju- ju- judicial system. is like we convicted somebody of murder. He's going to spend the rest of his life in jail. Why do we bother with the other charge? Why don't we just charge him and... I mean, well, I don't understand why we waste so much money and time. Well, I mean, all the... Do you have to do that? I guess. That's why... I, it's I a stupid this- question. I know it is. I'm just asking because it seems to me, you know, if the guy convicted of murder... He's paying the price. He's going to spend the rest of his life in jail. We go through all the rigmarole of putting him back on trial and having witnesses and juries and people's lives disrupted just to, just to say he's guilty, to to charge to say you have another 30 years in prison when you already got a life in prison? I've been saying the same thing about the death penalty for a long time. Nilkum, how long does that take? They're like, well, we got to let him sit in jail for about five to seven years, and then we'll decide whether or not. It's like, no, you already sentenced him to death. Yeah. You can do it that afternoon. Boom. I know it's a stupid it's question. Still here, we're paying for three meals a day in a bed. Some lawyer listening right now is going, what a bunch of dopes. But, I mean, I, I don't understand. Well, they're going to do it again, too. He still has around 100 different charges he has to face in 100? state court. 100? In state court. That was just federal court. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, he's in deep. There's pumpkin spice inside my latte, and it tastes like poo. What? Uh, mine actually tastes pretty good. Um, this is kind of funny. And it makes me feel a little old. Do you remember when uh, Starbucks came out with their pumpkin spice? No. It, it was uh, 20 years ago. This thing's about to turn 20. Wow. That's disturbing to me. Went on sale yesterday in the U.S. and Canada, as it does each year around fall. And uh, I can't believe it started in 2003. I can't believe how much money this makes. Over $800 million. Yeah, 802.5. Just that drink. Just a drink. Isn't that crazy? That's up 42% from the same period in 2019. Wow. You heard about the big Starbucks lie. You know, they've been claiming for years they made the, they're the ones who came up with the Frappuccino. It wasn't them. Oh, really? Yeah, it was a guy that owned some little uh, coffee shop. I forget where it was, but yeah, they they didn't come up with There's it. There's another lawsuit following Starbucks, too, actually, about their, like, fruit drinks. There's no fruit in them. No, no, but, like, you know, the Starbucks is like, dismiss this case. This is ridiculous, Your Honor. And the judge is like, actually, I could see where I'd be dissuaded into thinking there may be fruit in this thing. Yeah. So that's still headed to court, as far as I know, but yeah. interesting. And Katy Perry, following in the footsteps of Bob Dylan and Justin Bieber, Bruce Springsteen, selling her music catalog. The whole thing. So so advertisers can use it because it's like a... Oh, Do you ever feel like a 
Is your skin dehydrated, wrinkled, and saggy? Blast away your blemishes with Neutrogena Fireworks Skin Cream. For when your skin feels like a plastic bag. Yeah, see, uh, so, that, that's where it's all going. Because Katy Perry, her real name's Catherine Hudson. She used to be a Christian uh, musician. She was? And, uh, really? Yeah, she was originally. And then got into her, her whole pop thing and made a bunch of money on all her albums. Really? And now she's sold the master recording royalties and publishing rights to all five of her albums, previously owned by Capitol Records. And um, Universal Music Group, Capitol's parent company, is going to continue to own the master rights. But she sold them all off. $225 million. I find that so disingenuous. California girls love California Pizza Kitchen. And by bikinis, we mean pepperoni. It'll have you screaming. Yeah. California Pizza Kitchen. Yeah. Five like, albums. Like um, I was saying, I, I I forgot what I was saying. I had so many commercial interruptions on the show. Um, uh, I find it disingenuous that this is your art, you know? Your, this is what you hold dear. And Well, I mean, they're popular now. She had nine songs hit number one. No, I know, but they're still your pieces of art, and you just willy-nilly just sell them to somebody. Can, people can use it for crappy commercials. To me, let me tell you what this means to me. It means that... Tired of disgusting lip balm flavors? Use the brand Katy Perry uses. Chapstick. Because Carmex is disgusting. I know. It's crazy, right? Crazy talk. <laughs> oh, stupid news on the Rick Stacy Morning Show. Somebody do something stupid. With Jill and Smokestack. All right, you got some uh, time traveling music? Some a little more, you know, ethereal. Is that a word? I don't know. To me, it is. Here we go. This is good. Greetings, tasty family. Oh, that has, that has some... Uh, There's people. There's people. All right. Well, let me do the story here. So another... This happens like every week. There's a self-proclaimed uh, time traveler, and usually in the sun or the mirror. They're uh, UK publications. But you know what? Some of them are very intriguing. This one is because of what he did. Um, this time traveler is living in the year 2027. He gives us a glimpse of what the world is like then. I mean, that's just a few years away, Right. This time we've got Unicaz Bervante, which translates to only survivor. In the post, they claim that humanity came to an end at some point between now and 2027, and he or them were the only survivors. The proof? There's a cell phone video of this time traveler walking around parts of Italy, and there's not a single human to be seen in any of the shots. It's really weird. I watched, a, there's a bunch of the videos, and I've gone through like, I don't know, half of them at least, and there's no one there. Like you couldn't, you couldn't get these shots. Like the Leaning Tower of Pizza. It's not pizza. It's pizza. Whatever. <laughs> How do you spell pizza? Okay. So he's looking. I mean, that's crawling with tourists. There's nobody there. Right. It's him in front of the Vatican. No one there. But like the middle of Rome, broad daylight. No one's there. Yeah, but couldn't he? How would you get these shots? Overlays of. of- some tourist uh, picture, I mean, or, you know, one of those postcard kind of things. Can you do this with a Photoshop? In a video? And still have it not look glitchy? Oh, it- uh, that's true. I don't know. I mean, it's he's in the Vatican, inside the Vatican, going through the library he's of the in- Vatican. Really? Yeah. Okay. Like places you wouldn't be allowed to go. 
Now you got my attention. All right. Um, this time traveler guy, uh, Unicaz Brevente, has 8 million followers. So I got to check this out. Um, 2027, again, it's just uh, skipping a jump away. Skipping a jump away. That's what's freaking me out. It's, you know, not because I was thinking like maybe it is an AI thing and he's just, you know, using some kind of video trick to get rid of the people. But it's places you'd never be allowed. Like I said, the Vatican Library, you know, the middle of a soccer stadium, like a big one. How do you know it's a Vatican Library? I mean, and he's going to airports. Mm -hmm. Like there's an airport in Marrakesh where like no one's there. You're walking on the tarmac. Okay. All There's right, no, no way I, you'd be able to get this stuff, and that's what's throwing me off. Because most of the TikTok time travelers are like, you know, rice is going to turn into squirrels in 2030. You know, and the, but there's no proof. There's no evidence. This guy's just walking around and showing you just deserted cities everywhere. Okay. All right. I'll have to look at that. I mean, I, you know, I, um, I'm, I'm kind of iffy on the alien thing. I'm iffy on the near-death experiences. I think that's activity in the brain that goes on for two hours after you uh, physically die. And I hope it's more than that. And then this thing, though, intrigues me because I think at some point what uh, Morgan Freeman says, you know, he hosts that show, The Black Hole. Is it the black hole or the wormhole? Well, it's probably about the wormhole. Yeah, the wormhole where that's what you would need to travel through time because distance and space travel at a high rate of speed would be time travel. You know, right now, this morning when the sun rises, it's eight minutes old. That sun could have blown up eight minutes ago. You wouldn't know it. And it crawled through a wormhole to the other side of the galaxy. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, very interesting. Yeah, it's fascinating stuff, man. Okay, an anonymous bride, she should remain anonymous, on Reddit, there's some people, uh, there's some people that are just so miserable, self-centered, miserable, unhappy uh, just loathe themselves and then project that on other people by hating other people and they make up stuff. Why? But it's really them. She's one of them. An anonymous bride on Reddit has alleged a cake smashing incident ruined her wedding. She didn't get married. At the wedding, she cut it off. Wait, because the guy, don't they usually smush the cake after you're married? Yeah, she's 27 years old. Um, yeah, she had an annulled. Um, oh. Yeah, a uh, civil dispute arise, arose after the husband, the groom, who, by the way, she knew was a, a fan of the cake smashing. He would watch videos all the time. He thought it was really cute. He's a habitual cake smasher. He's a cake smashing video voyeur. Uh-huh. Uh, she also wrote that um, the cake smashing thing she hates because at 17 she suffered a cut on her forehead with substantial bleeding where their mother shoved a cake into her face during her birthday. <laughs> Who knew so that she's would... got prior cake trauma. Trauma, exactly. She says, I told my husband to be if he ever did something like that, I'd leave him. And she did. He started laughing, but he did it anyway. The bride wrote that uh, she felt that their wedding day... By the way, her whole family... Cake smashers. Cake smashers. She wrote that she felt that their wedding day had gone perfectly, but it was ruined when the husband scooped a huge... He didn't even smash the cake in her face. He oh, he brought the cake to her face. Now, see, that's a polite way of no, doing it. No, he didn't even do that. He could have taken, like most people do, and picked up a whole layer of the cake and smashed it in her face and pushed it in. You know what I'm saying? Oh, did he shove her face into the cake? No, it didn't do that either. So I think this was a mild... Wait, how did he get the cake on her? He scooped it with his hand, a huge chunk of the cake, and then smashed that in her face. So it was kind of gentle. Oh, so he brought the cake, you know, just... She left the venue immediately. Her well, he family, didn't, like, jam the little plastic groom in her eye or anything, did he? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> families in Chase. 
She says, this was supposed to be... I'm just imagining what she could sound like, little diva. This was supposed to be the happiest day of my life. Get it? My life? It's always about her. Mm. And it was embarrassing in front of everyone. He threw it. He knew I wouldn't like this prank. He ruined my $500 cake on top of it. He ruined my makeup, my hair, my dress. It's all over the place. Why do people like this get married? This isn't a, This isn't somebody who's in love with somebody. This is somebody who's in love with the whole process. Yep. Yep, that's that's somebody who just wants to have the day. They don't care who it's with. She says it was annulment worthy. People are destroying her online, and rightfully so. Well, you know, that's what happens. God. You know, if all you care about is getting cake on your face, and maybe you're, you know, in the wrong spot. Well, I hope she's got something uh, that she's carrying around that's attractive, because I tell you what, who in the hell is going to see that story? Because it's going to be all over. The, it is all over the place. It's on Reddit, Facebook, Instagram, everywhere. Who is going to date her now and think, hey, yeah, this is marriage material? Somebody will. I'm some desperate guy. I mean, maybe, yeah, until he realizes that he can't shove cake in her face, and then it's on to the next. Naked man was detained Monday after air travelers spotted him proudly sauntering at Dallas-Fort Worth Airport naked. Oh, yeah, he is definitely naked, and he don't care. Strolling by TGI Fridays inside the airport terminal C, everyone could see, and here they are. There's a naked guy in the airport. Yes, there is. My man. Because <laughs> he, he's filming, he's like, there's a naked guy in the airport. Naked guy turns around and points at him, smiling at him. The other guy points back, he's like, my man. He gives him a shooter, McGavin. Yeah. Oh, boy. Ladies and gentlemen, we're now ready to begin pre-boarding flight number 148. We'd like to welcome all first class passengers, medallion members, and naked guys to line up. Also, if you need a little extra time to get into the aircraft, plus you're totally nude, please line up at the gate. You Sir, I'm sorry, you're you're not naked. Yes, I am. No, you have socks on. Yeah, but nothing else. I'm sorry, sir, that doesn't count as naked. You'll have to wait until your zone is called or take off your socks. Fine, here, I'll take them off. There we go, nice and naked. Feel free to line up. The rest of you weirdos with clothes on will be calling your zone shortly. The Rick D.C. Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. Another hour of the fun stuff on deck. On 105.9 Sunny FM. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with the world gone crazy. And the Sunny Update is brought to you by Fair and Ferris. So here we go. Today is the first day of Brightline. Brightline is cruising from Miami to Orlando. Orlando to Miami. You can take it at the airport. They got a beautiful new complex out there. I believe you do have to go through uh, security to get on the train, right? Really? I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not I sure. I don't want to have to go through airport security to get on the choo-choo. I might as well just fly. Well, it's a terminal there, so I would assume to get to the terminal, right? Because the terminals are um, after security. I'm guessing. Don't don't hold me to that. Yeah, but I mean, it's not like an airplane terminal. Isn't it just where it, it goes? Dude, I don't know. I haven't been there. I just hope that's not the case. Uh, yeah, because that's they already don't have any walkways at the terminal, C. Right. They're going to put those in soon because apparently people don't like walking a mile and a half. Well, it's the new 37,000-square-foot station here in Orlando, Terminal C at OIA. I, I'm, dude, I'm thinking that, you know, it connects directly to the airport's parking garage C. Oh, so, yeah, it connects to the parking garage. You're good? 
I guess. Uh, the long-anticipated rail line. Oh, oh, hold on. The press conference is going on right now. Uh, c- connect to that. Hi, this is Carl Jenkins, the new CEO of Brightline, formerly the CEO of Sunrail. Well, I'm very excited today to announce that this is Brightline's first ride. Uh, those of you wondering what kind of experience we're talking about here, the train will mostly remain on the track most of the trip, and you'll be able to sit in your seat, and eventually someone in a beautiful new conductor's outfit nicely starts will come by and check your ticket. Any uh, questions? Hi, uh, Timmy Leonard from Railroad Magazine here. Now, for our $79 one-way trip, I, I assume that the, the train, uh, uh, seeing as it goes so fast, will get there in a, a very rapid amount of time. Is that correct? Well, you would think, but no, it actually takes about 15 minutes longer than driving your stupid Prius. But, uh, uh, forgive me for asking, but there's really nothing else on the tracks, right? Here at Brightline, we encourage you not to ask a lot of questions and just get on the damn train. Okay, next question. Jeb Jankett here for, uh, Trains Weekly. Okay. Now, do you mean to tell me this thing goes 100 miles an hour and it still takes me three hours to get to Miami? Well, actually, it goes 125 miles an hour, and that's absolutely correct, so... Am I allowed to have sex in the bathroom? Um, well... How much are the baggage fees? Well, at the time, there are no... Is there any place I can store my chickens? Being as we're running out of time for this uh, presser, uh, why don't you just uh, get on the train and uh, stop asking so many damn questions? $79. And don't forget our motto here at Brideline is, uh, getting there is half the fun. <laughs> yeah. Buy a lot of ride on top. Why don't you just shut up? It's the fastest choo-choo here in Florida. Get on the bright line. Keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle. Por favor, mantenga celojado de las puertas. Yeah, I'm not sitting through airport security for that. But I think since it's at the parking garage, you're fine. I, I just can't get I mean, it's nice to sit down on a train and... Um, Relax instead of having to drive, but at the same, I mean, that's got that's the positive of that because as far as time goes, it's really no benefit, and you're going to have to stop four stops before you get to Miami on the way there and on the way back. So yeah, but you're not going to be you know paying eighty dollars a bag. I like guess when you fly for now, as flying, you flew not that long ago. What is it? Forty minutes. Well, no, I got on. Uh, yeah, it was an eighty-nine dollar flight. I think it was round trip was a hundred, and it's pretty similar to the to the bright line. I got on the plane, didn't have a bag, didn't get hassled very much. Got on the plane, uh, flew there, was there in forty minutes, flew back. Uh, you know, in forty minutes. For, that's being the key. There is forty minutes. I never asked you. Did they let you on with our effects processor? Uh, or did they, they take it apart and strip you down and fondle you? Yeah, for those of you listening, I had to take a little piece of equipment from here, a uh, microphone processor, and uh, now they, they didn't give me a hard time. Um, I was expecting a cavity search. On the way there, they looked at it and said, what is this? And I explained it to them, and I had headphones in my hand, so. My last trip at the airport, just recently, when I went up to Indiana for that wedding. Right. I, I guess I forgot to take my belt off, uh-huh. and, like, the buckle popped up on the thing when you go in the scanner. And the guy's like, all right, stand over here. I got the, the, the groping. Did you? Oh, yeah. He's like, I'm going to use the back of my hands. I'm going to gently cup. Now turn your head and cough. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> no, okay. Yeah. Spun me around. Just went right up there. Right up in my cheeks. I don't even have a lot of cheek. Okay. Yeah. I was, I, I, I was appalled. All right. So lesson to everybody. Take your belt off. For you co- uh, COVID fans, uh, got some for you here. Um, we measure COVID by wastewater. Mostly. COVID fans? Well, there are some people that are COVID fans. Um, there was a guy in line that I had a discussion with yesterday because he was challenging me on uh, the 
uh, Dr. Marty McCary, John Hopkins University uh, subject, you know, about how this vaccine basically is untested on humans. And even if you go to the trials uh, that they did, did do, it was on, you know, pretty much 10 mice like the Moderna. Now, of the Moderna trial, it turns out if you actually look at the data, Moderna did give it to 50 people back uh, four months ago. One of them had a an adverse event requiring medical attention. Moderna won't tell us anything else about it. Caused we, by the vaccine? or Caused by the vaccine. They do say that it was vaccine-induced, but they won't say what the complication was. I'm sorry. So Moderna was the one that had uh, 50 people. Why not 500? I don't know. But the, the Pfizer, the one that everybody's going to get... Was only tried out on 10 mice. Only 10 mice. Hey, look, they, they got away with it last time with the bivalent. They know that the regulatory process to get this approved is totally greased. President Biden was out there saying that this thing works and everyone needs to get it before the FDA even, you know, approved it. The insanity that anybody would take this vaccine. To me, I know, I it's my opinion, but with the evidence that we have that you can find if you just do a little bit of work, how could you do it? How could you take something? The average vaccine takes 17 to 30 years to prove sa- to be proved safe. And we still have a- adverse effects to vaccines. That's why the CDC has a website that they connect to that has an ability for you to report vaccine injuries. But, you know, this thing's barely tested at all. It's a brand new vaccine. This isn't a booster. And people are just going to take it. It's like the, I saw somebody yesterday who was talking to me, the guy who was challenging me on this vaccine thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, only watches CNN. <laughs> Go figure. And uh, his, you know, his photo and his profile was the button. I got my booster. We can do this. So when I say vaccine fans, I'm serious. There's some. I'm telling you, man. There's some mental illness out there. It just seems like the av- just a person with average intelligence, like myself, little common sense. You would just do a little study before you inject yourself with something in your body that had no idea what the effects down the road are. And you have to know that they're making a ton of money. It's not just it's not just the drug companies this time. Yeah. And lest we forget, you can't sue if something goes wrong. That should be your first indicator that maybe nobody, you know, not everything's above board here. Because if it was and you did stand behind your product, you wouldn't be worried about the lawsuit. Well, you new, know, new poll- if you knew what it, what it did or what it was going to do, if you tested it thoroughly. New polling says that half of you are going to take the vaccine, which is remarkable. It's stunning to me because uh, <laughs> the facts are out there. Look, yeah, I mean, look, but people are always that way. Look at how many Big Macs get sold. We know they're not good for you. No, I know. But this this definitely has the potential to be more of a problem than a Big Mac and maybe over, you know, several years. But um, I mean, even in Europe, they will not allow anybody. They're, they're just recommending it for people over 35. Do you know the Moderna vaccine was essentially banned most of the entire pandemic in Europe for people under age 30? Because yeah, I'm not going to play the rest of it, but you get the idea now that Dr. Martin. McCary. Now, here's the good news. What wastewater COVID levels have shown a decline in the recent last few weeks. Oh, so there's no COVID in the poop, at least. No, there is COVID, but it's a lot less. Oh. The levels of SARS-CoV-2 virus, which causes the COVID-19 infection, has dropped by 5% in the last two weeks, while they're still warning you that there's a COVID surge in the Northeast, Midwest, and West. According to the scientists, uh, they say, well, there really isn't much of a COVID surge. This is not unlike any other month. 
He says there's been churning, there's been patterns churning. Uh, there's a mix of variants. There's variants that constantly change and reemerge. Some go down, some go away. They said the CDC is the one that actually reports on this stuff, and the water waste sites that report to the CDC claim that in some places, COVID uh, wastewater has gone down 10%. Some places where it went up 99% in the last few months has also declined between August 30th and 12th. That's a good sign. So there you go. But that, I mean, there was 100 scientists the other day, researchers and doctors that said this is not a crisis. There's no reason to panic. But yet the media right now is pushing it like crazy. September 13th, Sergeant Michael Peterson with the Lawrenceville, Georgia Police Department saw a car speeding down the highway and pursued it to find the car had crashed just down the road. In his body and dash cam footage posted online, Lawrenceville PD, you can see officers pulling up to the overturned vehicle on the side of the highway. As the officers approaches the vehicle, several young men crawled out of the back seat of the overturned car asking for help, begging for help. There was a driver in the front pinned between the vehicle and the asphalt. He wasn't able to breathe. Under Peterson's direction, the young men, the officers, attempted to lift the car, but it proved too heavy. Fortunately, another car of Good Samaritans and three more officers arrived, and the group was able to lift the car completely off the youth who got out from under it. They saved his life. 19 years old, was hospitalized, is still there in serious condition, but he's expected to make it. That's incredible when people just, like, lift a car off of somebody. Well, I mean, I remember the... uh the mother, remember when that, that's an old, old story from the 80s. Uh, the mother who, uh, her child was being attacked by a, uh, it wasn't a panther, it was just a tiger. And she she punched the crap out of the tiger. A mother. I mean, you're talking 120, wow. 130 pounds. Just no fear. Jump right in. Jump right in and punch the, the tiger in the eye and saved her child. I remember the, the old one about this, uh, this girl, she's like a college chick and like she's got a Jeep and it's in the driveway and the dad's working on her brakes yep. and the car falls off the jack onto the dad's chest and she like lifts it up and she's like, oh my gosh, are you okay? And he's like, you're holding the Jeep. This <laughs> is amazing. Adrenaline, right? Yeah. And then that's why they invented ibuprofen. Because that's got to hurt after a while. A pair of missing siblings from Northport here in Florida were caught driving their mother's stolen car over 200 miles away on Thursday. What? Yeah, according to the Facebook post from the uh, Alachua County Sheriff's Office, deputies pulled over the sedan on I-75 in the city of Alachua. That's near Gainesville. 3.50 a.m. 3.50 a.m. Deputies conducted the high-risk traffic stop because the car was reported stolen. Much to their surprise, deputies observed a 10-year-old male driver exit the vehicle along with his 11-year-old sister. That was fun! Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the siblings were reported missing to the Northport Police Department. Their mother declined to press charges and drove three hours north to Alachua County to pick the kids up. So, did you have a fun night tonight? Can you imagine that ride home? Three hours? Oh, dude. What were you thinking? <laughs> you know how much my insurance rates are going to go up? <laughs> God, I'd love to know the rest of this story. How did they get on? How did they do 10 years old? How tall could you be? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, how did you reach the pedal? I don't know. All Small good, car, maybe? All good questions. All right. Not everyone's lucky enough to do what they love for a living, but having a job is pretty important to most people. A new survey just came out. Americans think that 
The most important things and factors to have a fulfilling life are the following, according to Pew Research. 5,000 people were on this research. They considered these things extremely or very important to living a fulfilling life. You want to guess what? Uh, we'll do five of them. What do you think uh, number five is? Give me, just give me a guess. I'll uh, tell you whether it's on the list or not. Money. Uh, money. Let me see. Uh, number four is having a lot of money. Wow. 20, 24% of the respondents. Okay. All right. Uh, take another shot. I'd have to say uh, friends. Friendship. Having a, having a lot of friends. That is number two. Yay. Very good. Wow. Three left. Um, the children. Having children, number three. All right. Man, you're good. I'm fired today. Is that, is that piece of paper in front of you? Is that this list? No, no. This is a. Uh, Are you thing. sure? Yeah. Yeah, I'm positive. Okay. This right. is a story about NFTs I'm going to delight you with in a few minutes. Okay, number two. Uh, give me the two to the left since you've done so um, well so far. Let me choose. Um, I just uh, mentioned house, a house. A, a house. Let's see. A house. Is that on the board? No, I'm uh, sorry. That That's money. not on the board. Go ahead. Number um, uh, a, a significant other. Uh, a partner. Being married. Number five. That's right. Number five. All being right. married. Absolutely. And number one. I still don't have number one. I um, mentioned it when I started the whole story. You did? Yeah, I did. I don't pay attention when you're talking. Thank you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, attention. No. Oh, um. Ha- having a job that they love. There we go. Okay. Yes. In a big shift, though. Uh, That's 18- number one? Yeah, having a job you love. Uh, num- uh, the big shift here uh, in the younger demo, 18 to 29, used to be, um, you know, being married and having close friends. Now the most important thing is money. Gee, I wonder why that is. Well, I just don't get how the, the, the job is number one? Yes, that they love. Not a job, a job that they love. Yeah, but you find that more important than friends or family or... Well, if you don't have any friends or family, you ain't got no money. I mean, I, I guess. I just figured, you know... I mean, don't get me wrong. I think it's very important you do what you love, but I don't know if I'd put it as number one. Maybe number two or three. Okay. I don't take umbrage with the list, just the order. All right, that's fine. Finally, um, we have a problem, big problem, huge problem, and it's and it's just happened over the last few weeks. Actually, the last few days. It started about two weeks ago. The president of the most powerful country in the world is declining rapidly. I don't know if you've noticed this, but I'm not mad. This is not hyperbole. This is for real. People are saying it. Democrats are saying. It, everybody's saying it. President Biden over the last two weeks has. He's hit, he's hit that point where, you know, you know how you go skiing and you're just at the top of the mountain. It doesn't look bad. You're on a black diamond. And it doesn't look bad. And then you tip your skis forward. And you're like, uh-oh, this yeah. was a mistake. That's what happened. Biden is deteriorating quickly. Yesterday, he repeated the same story twice, word for word, within minutes. Well, you know, if they put up the same thing on the teleprompter, he just reads the thing. No, this is one of his stories. Oh, no. No, this is bad. This is really, really bad. Uh, Tammy Bruce, who's a talk show host and once a liberal talk show host, uh, says this is is a really bad sign. I think that there's a belief after 2020 that people will put up with it somehow. 
but they will begin to hide him more. There's and usually, and before they would put him out uh, and they would take a long time between uh, him being in front of the public and he would seem to be together a little bit, but that seems to be changing. There's, there seems to be no point where he is really sharp. And of course, that's sad. Uh, too many American families see that in their own families. Yeah, and uh, go ahead. National security, the lives of everyone in the military, our futures, whether or not our own children and our families are going to have a future where they can do more than live paycheck to paycheck, crime, violence, the destruction of people's lives who normally would not end up in jail because there's no hope, drug abuse, overdoses. This is not a joke. No, and the president determines a lot of that. And the president's almost not there at all. Gonzo. Right. It's it's not something that you just do because it's fun or because you like running the country. It's as though we literally, it used to be the forgotten man and woman was, was a section of Americans. We are all now forgotten. We are all now abandoned. And every American sees that in their towns. They see it on the news. And they see it in their own families with drug addiction, suicide ideation, unemployment, Alzheimer's, uh, other medical care issues that are not being met because of the chaos that this administration and the Democrats are sowing throughout the country. Yeah, because there's like 20,000 people running the country right now. It's not President Biden. This guy, this guy is just, I'm, I'm telling you, this is a real big problem. Here's another one. This happened yesterday. President Biden was addressing uh, the Hispanic caucus. He thought, and you could tell from the speech, I'm sorry, I don't have, do you have the audio for yeah. this? You do have it? Yeah. All right, roll it. He thought he was addressing the black caucus. The echo what my dad taught me, and I mean this sincerely. My dad used to say, everyone, everyone is entitled to be treated with dignity and respect. The Congressional Black Caucus embodies all those values. Yeah. Just think of the work we've done together on civil rights, labor rights, health care, education. And folks, to fundamentally change the direction of our economy, to grow it from the middle out and the bottom up, not the top down. Whatever. Go from the middle out and the um, bottom of the... He's the same guy that uh, claimed... He, so many lies. When he claimed that he marched in the civil rights movement, Remember, he said he was, uh, he was arrested. Well, that was not true. Yeah. Anyway, that was all purposeful lying. This is now he's lost. He's he's addressing the Hispanic Congressional Hispanic Caucus, and he thinks he's addressing the Congressional Black Caucus. <laughs> it's it's I'm telling you, it's getting so it's alarming now. Uh, this is from Wednesday. According to The Washington Post, very low. This is The New York Times. Same thing. Very liberal newspaper. They said President Biden's age and viability heading into 2024 is becoming a huge issue. One Ohio Democrat put it bluntly. Becoming? It already is. This is a doctor. I'm sorry to say this, but death is imminent for an octogenarian like Biden. The signs are there. He's not doing well. The clock is ticking. Now, if you're his age and you're Trump, it's a whole different story. People age differently, not chronologically, but uh, as far as their comprehension, their ability to, I mean, physiology, yeah, you know, I mean, everything falls apart. I don't necessarily care about your age as much as I do your ability to do the job. How competent are you? You need a hierarchy of competence. That's well, what you want. Over the last two weeks, his senility has advanced more than it has in the first three years of his presidency. Dr. Su I can't pronounce this from Ohio State University. Yeah, this is not good. 
This is not good at all. I said, I'm not now, trying to come down on the guy because he's old. Because I know a lot of young no, people. No, no, no. This is not about too. age. This is that her point is this is not about age. He's just not competent enough to do the job. No, cognitively, he has just declined so much in the last two weeks. Yesterday, he walked into a flagpole. Yeah, that was a little embarrassing in the, the Brazil meeting there. Yeah, the president uh, looked confused Wednesday as he walked into a giant flag at the United Nations. But he did this before, remember, not as frequently, though. This is a week where every day he's done something like this has happened. And then he appeared to anger Brazil's president by walking off a stage without shaking his hands. He shook the hand of some assistant with the president of Brazil. And this is a big deal for the president of Brazil, this whole thing that was going on yesterday. He probably thought the assistant was the president. That's what I'm thinking. Then he sat down and he struggled with the headset of the translation device, soon noted by Brazilian President Luiz Inacio Lula da Silva, who was with him for a joint speech agreeing to partner on workers' rights. This was a big deal for Brazil. The president said, can you hear me, Mr. President, talking to Biden? This is a historic moment for Brazil and for the U.S., the Brazilian leader said. When he did not immediately get a response from Biden, he said, President Biden, can you hear me? He turned towards the 80-year-old president who nodded in response but continued to fumble around with his headset throughout Lula's speech. At one point, Biden dropped it and raised the eyebrows in frustration. At the end, Biden shook his hands with the International Labor Organization Director General Alberto. I don't know how to do that. Uh, but, turned, <laughs> but turned and wandered off without shaking the president's hand. Yeah, it's a little embarrassing, I'd say. God, everybody's watching this man across the world. I mean, the, uh, I can understand the, the translator maybe being messed up, but walking into the flagpole, it's like, it's right there. Hi, folks. It's President Biden, the president. And it happens time and time again. You accidentally walk into a flag and it makes you so disoriented that you forget to shake the Brazilian president's hand. Well, not anymore with the Biden flag detector. It lets you know with my voice when a flag is nearby. Observe. Let me just walk around a little bit. Doobadoobadoo. Warning, man. There's a flag. Warning, man. There's a flag. Oh, thanks, me. No, I'm not going to walk into the flag. Just listen to this satisfied customer. Uh, I don't really need this. I, I I have eyeballs, so I can see flags whenever they're nearby. Warning, man, there's a flag. Warning, man, there's a flag. Yeah, I, I know, Joe. I see it. See what? The flag that's right there. What flag? I don't see any. Oh, man, I've walked right into it. The Biden flag detector, available now where the things are sold. The Sunny Update. The Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. Wake up and smell the future, man. Having fun with the world gone crazy. All right, Jill is out today. And Smokenstein is in. I'm going to help out a little bit here. I found something on the internet yesterday that was amazing. It may have been up for a little while, but now you can do it. There's actually a website called Create AI Covers. You can take Wait. whatever artist you want and pick up from a list of 68,000 songs, and you can have that artist sing that song. Now you're saying, yeah, that's cute. That's a nice game. No, no, no. I'm telling you, it, it, it's. It's great, and it's bone-chilling all at the same time. Let's start with uh, Jill's not here. I wish she was for this, because I know this is her favorite group. Mm. Let's start with Freddie Mercury. I put this together, singing Toxicity by System of a Down. Here we go. You ready? This is not real. Now, somewhere between the sacred silence, sacred silence and Disorder, 
That's Do you have Freddie one Mer- of a, uh, a song we know? Okay, yeah, I got this one. Listen, this is Frank. I think Frank's not. It all keeps adding up. I think I'm cracking up. Am I just going on? Am I just Sinatra singing Green Day. It's amazing. That's, of course, wow. I think that's Basket Case. Now we got, uh, let's go back to Freddie Mercury. I believe this is my favorite. Is this Thriller? I think this is Thriller. Freddie Mercury. No, I'm sorry. This is not. This is another Sinatra. This, okay. I picked out George Michael and Sinatra's doing it. I feel so unsure As I take your hand and lead you to the dance floor the music dies, that's something in your eyes. Costume line to seal the stream, and only it's been I'm never gonna dance again. But your teeth feet have got no rhythm. No, it's easy to pretend. And no, you're not a fool. Isn't that something? Whoa. Frank AI? It sounds almost like an impersonal well, I guess it is. No, it's AI. That's actually Frank Sinatra singing. Now, here's the pace of resistance. Freddie Mercury and Michael Jackson's Thriller. Close your eyes and hope that this is just imagination. Girl, but all the while, you hear a creature creeping up behind. You're all aside. I mean, that is, oh, it gives me chills. That's Freddie Mercury singing. You couldn't do, and somebody didn't, if I didn't know he was dead, I would think that's Freddie Mercury. I, that's, I wonder how it does it. Well, I mean, there's two ways of doing it. There's uh, professionals who made the ones you just heard, except for one, the first one. And then you can go to Create AI Covers, and, a, you know, there's a fee. It's a, it's a it's an app, so you got to do it. But the ones that are done professionally, dude, it's like you can't tell anything and they have other stuff they also have sitcoms where you can change what they say that's really you can go to the dick van dyke show and change everything in there mayberry rfd you can go to star trek it it sounds almost like when you played the the freddie mercury doing thriller like it's they left the michael jackson part but they adjust it to sound like freddie mercury almost well they have the michael jackson backing singers and michael jackson overdubbed his voice in thriller like three or four times in the back but the lead is is freddie mercury but I mean, it's 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 scary, man. Yeah, I mean, I, scary. I don't find them to be the most accurate, but close enough. Well, I mean, this is the infancy. They're yeah, just, that's, that's true. Because I mean, there's some like the Frank Sinatra one could have been Michael Bublé, maybe if I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. They bury the voice a little bit on that one. Yeah, but I'm, it's fascinating, like and spooky. It's very scary because they could do anything now. Oh, anyway, wow, that's that's uh, terrify me with that. You're going to tell me that my NFTs are worthless now? Yeah. Those those were, I I don't know. They had their five minutes in the sun. Um, It it was like a whole crypto thing. They're non-fungible tokens, and it was for like an image or whatever. It's like uh, anybody could pass the image around. I could send it to you in email, but if you own the rights to it, well, 
That's something important. People were paying millions of dollars for these collectible NFTs and digital artwork like they were some kind of investment and they would increase in value. Well, um, estimates now show that NFTs purchased have since dropped in value to the tune of 95%. Wow. Yeah, so um, and, and what's worse is like some of these high-end, high-profile ones. Like in 2020, uh, Jack Dorsey, the guy that used to run Twitter, mm-hmm. he sold an NFT of his first ever tweet for $2.9 million. Wow. Oh, man. Now, the new owner tried to auction it off. You know what his highest bid was? Um, 20000 280 bucks. Get out. That's a rough day, man. That's worth more than that. I mean, it's the first tweet ever. I would, I would, I mean, I don't have the money. Like other people don't have a screenshot of it. Yeah, I guess you're right. You know, it's one of those where it's like, oh, you could go and buy the record. Or I could just download it off of, you know, LimeWire and I got the song, man. Or Napster. Uh, This is weird. I see a lot of fashion trends and, you know, some of them are strange. Actually, I saw a guy at the gas station this morning. He had a, a a big beard, right? But he had a weave in it, right? Like like braids woven into it, long yeah, the, orange in weave. the belly button. No, 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 no. In his beard. Oh, in his beard. Okay. Yeah, strange, strange fashion trends, and uh, this is a fashion trend going around China. Women are using fake belly button stickers to make their legs look longer. How? Yeah, I, I need to get you one of these. You lost your belly button in a surgery. I did, surgical accident, yeah. Yeah, we, we need to get you one of these belly button stickers. Uh, young women in China are paying 70 cents to $1.40 for sheets of temporary tattoos designed to look like belly buttons. I don't understand how you make your legs so look longer. The stickers are, they usually place them like a few, you know, just an inch or two above the real belly button, which is concealed with skirts or pants. So they wear something like high waisted uh-huh. and it makes the torso seem shorter and the legs seem longer. It's like an optical illusion. It uh, sounds dumb, but the, the belly button sticker manufacturers like can't even keep up with demand. Well, I never thought of that. Yeah. They're being flooded with like, I mean, their whole market over there is like, here's how to put your belly button sticker on. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. So you going to get one? Well, yeah. Yeah, right away. Fake navel? <laughs> yeah, I, I just feel some, like you'd be able to tell. Need some hair sticking out of it. Yeah, maybe some lint. <laughs> uh, Bob Ross. Ah, gotta love oh, Bob, Bob Ross. Oh, Bob Ross. How many times have I fallen asleep in the first two minutes of his painting? Well, I've noticed, uh, uh, like, sometimes you go out to a restaurant or, like, a sports bar, and there's not a whole lot happening on TV, like, maybe one game. The other TVs, they'll put Bob Ross's The Joy of Painting on. Is there anybody in the world that doesn't know who Bob Ross is and what he what he did? I mean, I don't know. Maybe other countries are not as well versed in Bob no, Rossisms. Talking, talking about here, like it was on PBS, right? It was on PBS, and mm-hmm. this guy with hippie seventy dungarees, as they used to call him, huge three inch wide belt. He had the uh, the requisite uh, Wrangler. What was it back then? It was had a brand name. I forget the. Faded, like, jean-like shirt, and then his hair was a big afro. Yeah. He looked like, if you were watching Welcome Back, Cotter in the 70s, he looked like, uh, what's the what's the one guy? Anyway, and he'd do these paintings, and it wasn't like the painting was so great or anything. It was the sounds. He oh, would, yeah. He would talk like this. Now I'm going to add a little happy tree right here. And, and then you hear the canvas where he'd scrape his brush on the canvas going, yeah. shh, shh, Or he paints shh, with shh, the knife. Shh. Now we're going to take this, and maybe we got a horse that lives here by the barn. We'll just extend the fence all the way out. Yeah, and then like he would go, shh, 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 and you'd fall asleep. It was the best sleep you ever had. 
some titanium white, a little phthalo blue for the sky, and there we go. Look at that. Brilliant. All right, I'm falling asleep. Happy little accidents. Yeah. Uh, well, his, um, yeah, he's been doing the show for like over 10 years. He did it, uh, started in 83, lasted until 94, over 400 episodes, and he'd, you know, do his paintings. Same painting. <laughs> yeah, nah, you know, some of them. Well, his uh, latest painting, well, not latest painting, but the one that's got uh, auctioned off, it's called A Walk in the Woods, painted on the first episode. This thing has gotten $9,850,000. You've got to be kidding me. Oh, yeah. That's a ton of money. I mean, it's, it's irreplaceable art, I suppose, and it's got, you know, the whole Bob Ross thing with it. But $9.8 million? And it's signed and everything? Well, yeah. Does it say "Let's go crazy" on it? I don't think they've got the PBS stamp, but he used to do that. He used to write "Let's." He used to say "Let's go crazy" and put a little cow in this field. Welcome, everyone, to the joy of auctions. Our first painting is an original Bob Ross, and the bidding starts at ten million. That's a lot of happy little trees that had to be chopped down to print all that money. 10 million. Can I get 11 million? You put your hand up, sir. Oh, that was a mistake? Oh, there are no mistakes. Just happy accidents. Well, someone just outbid for 12 million. Lots of green. Lots and lots of green. 12 going once. Going twice. Sold to the happy little rich guy. They say money can't buy happiness. But it can buy an original Bob Ross. I know, it's crazy, right? Crazy talk. Are you ready for some stupid news? Oh, it's yeah. Stupid. Yeah, but we like it. Here's Rick Jill and Smokestack. All right, hold on. I did have the KGB music ready to go, and I was distracted. Let's uh, Let's turn it on again, shall we? That is actually the KGB theme. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. From what, a video game? Um, I don't know. It says an exclusive ink. This one Russian says here in the comments, I almost felt myself at home again. <laughs> I guess this is their theme. They have a theme. Does the CIA have a theme? Um, no, I think it's Tell Me Lies by Fleetwood Mac. Is that what it is? <laughs> no, this is the KGB theme. It's sort of, this is better than our space uh, force theme. I was going to say, they're like, all right, get us some spacey music and then have some Russian guys way in the back. We're going, oh. All oh, right, so here's the point oh. of this. If you're a woman who wants to have men eat out of her hand, uh, hire a Russian spy to help out. And you can right now. Former Russian spy who seduces foreign agents or seduced foreign agents. Ah, Operation Honeypot. Lunched a business teaching other women how to get whatever they want from a man. Alia Rosa, 39, spied for the KGB shortly after the Soviet Union fell in 1991. Cut to 25 years later, and Rosa launched her own private members club teaching 2,000 people at a time how to get anything they want from a man. Yes, you start by taking gun out of purse and putting it at him. Then you tell him to do what you want, and he comply. She will tell you all the secrets, how she seduced thousands of men, mostly Americans, to get Inside information. Yes, the one-on-one -on -one sessions run about 250 bucks a piece. You can go for the weekend. She nets about $2 million a year as a former KGB spy teaching women how to no. get uh, what they want. Really? I, yeah, I could do the same thing. I don't have to have all this training or be a KGB agent. You just dump them out. <laughs> 
Really? I want a new car. Okay. Jeez. I mean, it's a good business model, you know? Yeah. All right. Uh, A herd of sheep grazing in Greece. uh, I need the. That's a goat. That's a goat. But all right, use it anyway. A herd of sheep grazing in Greece uh, made their way into a greenhouse that was growing medicinal cannabis. And, well, they ate the whole thing. You know, we should have goat music anyway, even though it's not oh, a goat. Yeah. I love my goat music. If I was a stoned sheep, I would enjoy it. Yeah, you know, if you're stoned, that stone is as a sheep, and you told the sheep that you're a goat, they'd probably believe it. Nah. Authorities say the sheep ate around 220 pounds of marijuana from the greenhouse, which all but wipes out the farmer's stock. <laughs> and his sheep can't even go anywhere now. Because I don't know whether to laugh or cry. The question you want to have answered is, there were the sheep reporting any strange behaviors? And one would assume a massive case of the munchies ensued, but none of those questions were answered. Oh. But we do have the goat music. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed that. That's nice. You just buy them a pizza afterwards. They'll be fine. This is funny. City Council of Dutch City of Doom. There's actually a place called that. Doom? The City of Doom? Dutch City of Doom was uh, none too amused at a recent uh, solar panel stunt. So the council launched an investigation into three houses that installed the solar panels and placed them in a formation that spells out LUL, L-U-L, which in Dutch is penis. <laughs> the panels have caused quite a stir on social media and have resulted in low-flying helicopters vying to take a closer look at photographs. The council is now looking to see what, if anything, they can do about it. <laughs> that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's good. That's good. You just love messing with the homeowners, don't you? Well, I mean, you know, it's one of those where no, like, I, I you're would... not going to see it unless you're above it. That's true. See, it's just harmless, cheeky fun. Family of a North Carolina man who died after driving his car off a collapsed bridge was following Google Maps. His uh, family's now suing Google, the technology giant, for negligence, claiming it had been informed of the collapse but failed to update its navigation system. Philip Paxson, a medical device salesman and father of two, went right off the bridge in his Jeep Gladiator, plunged into the snowy creek in Hickory, according to the lawsuit filed Tuesday. He couldn't see that the bridge was missing? Paxson was driving... Dude, how many times here in Florida, I mean, seriously, per year, do we read a story about somebody just joyfully driving into a pond full of alligators because they were following the GPS? I mean, it told me to go that way. The bridge had collapsed nine years prior, but was never... Nine years prior? Was never repaired, and Google Maps never updated the bridge. And And he, like, couldn't see that the bridge was just collapsed, or... Uh, you can look at the picture. I don't see anybody with, who has the ability or got a driver's license by passing a sight test could possibly not see that there was no bridge there. But, hey, it's just the uh, way it I is. Just don't. Yeah, let me let me take a look yeah. at this here because I, I can't believe you wouldn't be able to see that. All right. And oh, then, yeah. What? Come on, buddy. I know. I mean, you don't want to be rude. The guy's dead. But, like. It's very obviously not there. It's more obvious than you would think. Yeah. Yeah, you would see it clearly. There's trees overgrown on the other side. Dude, we had a lady just drive. This was like six months ago. Drive across the sand in New Smyrna Beach into the water because her Google Maps told her to. I mean, there's... Don't you remember that lady? Yeah. I ju- I ju- and, and when people tried to pull her out of the water, tried to pull the van out of the water, she was mad because she thought she was being carjacked. 
<laughs> no, your life is being saved, you idiot. Ah, oh, gosh. Okay, that's... so who do you... Uh, yeah, okay, well. How do you... All right, you ready to be grossed out? Yeah. This okay. affects all of us. You're going to be surprised to learn what's actually in your favorite comfort food and beverages. This is uh, out of the Evening Standard. This is all a study done by Dartmouth College. Is it? It's cockroaches. Uh, I consider this worth worse. Um, secretions worth? from a beaver's anus. Yeah, can uh, be found are... in most ingredients of the food you love to eat. What, what do you mean? Bugs, hair, fish intestines. Just some of the bone-chilling fixings that give foods like candy, your favorite cheese, ice cream, their scrumptious flavor. Oh, yeah, that's right. This is where they put natural flavors in the ingredients, but they don't want to list out what it is. Right. Now let's go to the shocking ones, the hodgepodge of bizarre stuff they put in stuff like beer and wine. All beer and wine contains arsenic. Really? (laughs) Yep. Certain beer made with rice, wine, like sake. Is that right? Sake? And some red or white wines may have higher amounts of arsenic in them than others, but they all basically contain arsenic. Oh, my gosh. Beer is commonly known uh, filtered with the pool cleaner diatomaceous earth. That's oh, a diatomaceous earth? Diatomaceous. If you yeah, have I've the o- older filters, you have to put this powder in there. That's how they filter the beer. Or like, um, do it's full of, use that for plants maybe too? Yes, they do it for plants too. And it's all containing ocean-dwelling crustacean shavings. <laughs> oh, so it's just stuff they find on the bottom of the ocean that they- Yum, yum, yum. Use to filter your stuff? Micro-sized shellfish is what it is. Oh. Okay, perhaps the one that takes the cake though is castorium, a commonly used additive in vanilla and berry flavorings plus perfumes. The highly fragrant secretion comes out of a beaver's anus glands. Ew. So what do you just... We gotta go out tonight and have some anal glands from beavers? How do you, um, do you squeeze the beaver? (laughs) Hungry? Then come on down to Beaver Butt and Fish Bladder Fest at Red Lobster. Hey, what's everybody hungry for tonight? Beaver Butts. Fish bladders. <laughs> Me too. Let's go. Yep, we're serving up all the beaver butts and fish bladders you can eat for a limited time. Ooh, I'm going to have the grilled beaver butt. I'm going to have the fish bladder scampi with extra fish bladder. I can't decide between the fried beaver butts or the popcorn fish bladder. Why not both? It is your birthday after all. It's beaver butt and fish bladder fest going on now at Red Lobster. See you soon. Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. That's a filthy habit. Stream it now. 1059sunnyfm.com. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with a world gone crazy. All right, we're going to tie up some loose ends. It's the end of the week here. And then coming up at 9 o'clock, don't we forget we have the top five. And in honor of the F-35... The one that they lost and then they found. We're going to do songs that have lost and found in the title. It could be songs that have lost lost or found. Or found, right. Okay, that's coming up in less than an hour from now. But right now, let's talk about that airplane. All right, the U.S. military is set to spend. Hold on to something. This is your tax dollars. I really wish. I mean, before I die, I want to see one thing change. Every week when you get paid, I want the IRS to come to your door You get the full check. So let's say they promise you you're going to make $50,000 a year. You get the full 50. 
Every check divided by 26, you're going to get the full 50 or biweekly, and that's what you get. But then, shortly after you come home that night on Friday, IRS, you have to have some cash for the IRS. You give that to them. You actually counted it out. We'll do cash. That's more painful. You count out what you have to give to them. Right after that, the Social Security Administration comes up. Social Security, you have to hand out some cash. It'll take about an hour. And then, uh, you know, Medicare, Medicaid, all that. And then what else? What else? You, everything gets taken out of your check from the government. They come get personally. There's agents assigned to every neighborhood. Yeah. I and bet that, you'd, then you'd, everybody would be on my tip then, huh? Then I'd like to see how you react when you hear stories like this. Seriously. Wouldn't that change the world? That would change everything. Because, you see, we don't see it. We don't feel it. Although we do feel it, but not in the same way you would if you had to hand it out. How would you feel about this story? This is Friday, so you would be handing out the cash right after we got out of work. The U.S. military is set to spend at least $1.7 trillion. Now, Smoke, you've explained it before. Explain a trillion dollars. A, a, a billion is a thousand million. Yeah, so a trillion is a thousand billions. Like, the, the difference between a, a, a trillion seconds is, like, thousands of years. Huh? That like, well, you have to break it down by time because when you think about dollars, it doesn't make any sense. Oh, okay. So, uh, it's it's like a um, when you do it with seconds, uh -huh. the the time stretch is wild. Like a million seconds is twelve days. Right. A billion seconds is thirty-two years. A billion seconds. Okay. One trillion seconds. Is 31,688 years. Which is how long it will take us to pay back our national debt. <laughs> if you did a dollar a second, yes. So anyway, uh, yeah, they're going to spend $1.7 trillion on 2,500 F-35 fighter jets that have cost, very costly maintenance issues. One arose yesterday. They're going to get an invoice for that. The F-35 that crash landed after flying 80 miles in the air. Uh, if you missed it, I don't know how you missed it. You must have been under a rock. The F-35 took off from North Carolina, had a chase plane with it. I don't know if that was also an F-35. Flew at low altitude, and somewhere within the first few minutes, the pilot ejected. There's three theories. There was an auto-eject on this aircraft because this aircraft has the ability to hover like a helicopter. And in doing so, it's very close to the ground, and tragedy could ensue in moments. You would not have time to eject yourself. So if one of the engines went out while you're hovering at 100, 200 feet, it could turn over and kill you in a second. So for the safety of the pilot, there's sensors in there that if it detects an engine out or something that causes the plane to flip, it ejects you automatically. They're thinking that's probably, that's the main theory right now, that that pilot was not ejecting himself, he was ejected. The other theory, of course, is some yahoos and a militia in South Carolina were shooting at the plane. And the third theory was that it was hacked. I'm going with the first one. But anyway, it doesn't matter. The plane is hackable. Now, here's the shocking part. According to the military, according to the Pentagon, and I'm reading, I'm quoting now, this aircraft, the F-35, has so many costly maintenance issues, they have a coin flip chance of completing their missions. These F-35s, historically, and it hasn't been a long history, only have completed about 55% of their missions. In other words, they go out to do a mission, they can't finish it because of maintenance issues. That's right. Now, more than 10,000 of them have been grounded for repairs. 
Only 450 are currently in use. And now this failed aircraft, they want to buy 2,500 more of them for $1.7 trillion. <laughs> it's your tax dollars. It's the guy coming to the door this evening. Uh, IRS going to have your check. We're going to buy these crappy planes. Uh, imagine. Here's another way to conceptualize a trillion dollars. A football field mm-hmm. covered in pallets okay. of a hundred of hundred dollar bills. Pallets, okay, would cover a football field twice of pallets of hundred dollar bills. How tall? Uh, you're talking uh, each pallet forty inches by forty eight inches. Okay, okay, twice like Costco in hundred dollar bills. Right, put it this way: if it was golf balls. Mm-hmm. You could fill the Dallas Cowboys Stadium 28 times over. With how much? A trillion golf balls. Wow. 28 times, huh? Isn't that astounding? That, that, that's that's just that's mind-numbing. And we're spending that to buy jets that don't work. That's cool. Yeah, and we wonder why we're in debt. Again, I, I don't know how many times i got to say it. Stop paying your taxes. The system only works when we all participate. If we all just stop, what are they going to do? They can't get all of us. And not only that, I mean, you got so many people running across the border, they're not paying taxes. Let me just leave and come back in, and then I'm absolved of that responsibility, right? I still get to vote. I still get a Social Security card. I still get a driver's license. Yeah. I mean, what's... Why wouldn't I? Okay. This is special sauce. You ready? This is special sauce. And I got to get a burger. I got to hand it to Smokestack. It became special sauce because he had the last ingredient. For years, New York, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Chicago, all these cities were... You got that music you played earlier, that namaste kind of crap? Oh, yeah, let me get my... For years, these cities have been sanctuary cities. We welcome all your downtrodden, poor, and oppressed. They can come here. We have open arms. And we welcome all of you with our compassionate and our loving, loving, lovey, lovey, lovey stuff. So please come to us. Now, they could say that back then because they knew that nobody was going to come. You know, they knew that the chances of one migrant, illegal migrant showing up were slim. But they got to virtue signal and say things like, unlike those dirty MAGA maggot Republicans, we love and we're compassionate and we've evolved to creatures that only love. And the minute 48 of them showed up in Martha's Vineyard, they called a military base and the cops and had them thrown out. Oh, my God. Look, look. Ashley, it's the brown people. Kick them out. Call, call the military. They can go leave. They can sleep at the base. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much how that went. That's the hypocrisy now. Now, of course, uh, now they're freaking out. The mayor of New York City says that this issue will destroy New York City. Sounds like William Shatner. <laughs> okay. And then the same, the leading, the leading city for compassion and understanding and helping the oppressed. New York City. Look at the Statue of Liberty with her. She's got her arms open for you, even though she has to hold that book in that fire hazard. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> this is what she said. How long ago was this? This is from uh, 2021. Here we go, Kathy. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful little piece. So our message to the world is send us your people, send us those who need the, uh, the cloak of comfort that we can yeah. demonstrate as New Yorkers with big hearts yeah. and open arms, and we'll provide a safe haven. Yeah, you see the cloak of, I forgot that. We bring you a cloak of comfort. We love you. And, 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 
and you increase our diversity. Okay, that's all bull, you know what, because this was yesterday. We have to let the word out that when you come to New York, you're not going to have more hotel rooms. We don't have capacity. So we have to also message properly that we're at our limit. If you're going to leave your country, go somewhere else. country go somewhere else so our message to the world is send us your people send us those who need the uh, the cloak of comfort that we can demonstrate as new yorkers with big hearts and open arms you know there's actually a guy that emailed me yesterday it's, it's, it's astounding that that thinks that i make all this crap up that these are just character voices that that's not true where did you get that the news cnn yeah yeah that that that, that i made on that that the Kathy Hochul I just played is just a character voice. I mean, I'm telling you, there's some people you will you could hit them over the head, and they, and it will it won't matter. But that's real. That that hypocrisy is real, and it happened many many times before. Yeah. Remember, remember in 2018. Do you remember in 2018 when Obama said this? Now in 2018, they're telling you the the existential threat to America is a bunch of poor refugees a thousand miles away. Oh, really? They're even taking our brave troops away from their families for a political stunt at the border. And the men and women of our military deserve better than that. Can you imagine they would do that, those Republicans, those nasty MAGA maggots, maggots, maggots? Yesterday, the Biden administration sent 800 new troops to the border. Dude, you can't make this crap up. You guys know that we have the internet and things kind of stay there, right? No, they don't get that. Kareen Jean-Melencampierre Googlebot was uh, asked about this by Peter Dushi. What do you call it here at the White House when 10,000 people illegally cross the border in a single day? So what do you call it, Peter, when GOP puts forth a... a, a wait, no. No, 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 no. No, you can't. Kareen? I'm answering... Okay, we're going to move on. No, 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 okay. no, 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 we're moving on. Kareen, moving. In the back. No, no, you said you were stopping the, the flow of the border. No, no. I tried to answer... Oh, Peter, okay. I tried to answer the question. You stopped me. Let's go. All right, Mr. Smart Reporter. Showing off. Figured out how to... Work the Google on the internet machine. Yeah, uh, so they're all upset in New York because 110,000 illegal migrants have shown up in the last year. Uh, we set a new record on the border yesterday. 10,000 crossings in a single day. 4,000 of them in Eagle Pass. A town, a t- Mayor Adams, are you listening? You complaining about your 110 over a year's time? 4,000 migrants crossed Eagle Pass in two days. The town is only has only a population of 30,000 people. Oof. In a week, more migrants will have crossed into Eagle Pass than actually live there. Today's show coverage. And meanwhile, big story, especially here in New York, the Biden administration decided to implement some new rules for hundreds of thousands of migrants. We've seen these record border crossings. We see it coming now to the the northeastern cities, getting a lot of complaints from mayors like Mayor Adams here in New York to the White House. So walk us through what's happened here. The Biden administration announcing overnight new rules allowing hundreds of thousands of Venezuelan migrants who have arrived in the country before July 31st to live and work here legally for 18 months and temporarily protect them from deportation. (laughs) There we go. There we go. There's the invitation. You come here, you get to stay for a year and a half, 
take jobs from Americans, hang out. In a year and a half, we're going to forget that you're even here. And eventually, we'll give you the right to vote, probably sooner than later. So we'll be in office for the rest of our lives. That's what this is all about, man. There's no lie here. Here's Victor Davis Hansen on immigration. He's from the Hoover Institute. It's not a political question. If you are a Republican, Chamber of Commerce supporter, corporation, you want workers that will be industrious at the lowest wage possible. So what we've seen for the last 40 years are meatpacking plants, agriculture, hospitality industry, landscaping, says to companies throughout the United States, we've got to band together because we have interest in an open border. Our population, as we've seen in an earlier lecture, is fossilizing. It's static. Our demography is shrinking. We're at 1.8, 1.9 of our replacement. We need young men, especially young women. If they come across the border, no questions asked. They're vulnerable. They're worried about their immigration status. They work very hard. Compared to rural Mexico, the United States is a paradise. They're happy to get wages at three or four times, even though the wages are lower than what we pay American citizens. So the corporate establishment has been a big advocate of open borders. So you see, you're being lied to by both parties. Both Saves you money. They're all lying. They're all, that's, that's going to be my new slogan. They're all lying. They're all the White lying. House doesn't want to explain why they want Latin America to colonize North America. Biden said, just watch me. And I am. I'm watching him give half a million Venezuelans temporary amnesty this week. No deportations, and they get work permits and social security numbers. And that gets them driver's licenses. And in Pennsylvania, you get a driver's license, they mail you a ballot. In New York, you have a social security number, you can register to vote. That's the point. Wow. So votes and cheap labor, huh? I can... I can, and it's and it's both parties, Republicans as well as Democrats. I'm not going to let the Republicans off the hook. They're useless, useless. Is that the way? Yeah, I mean it's it's gotten to the point now. Yeah, and, it, and again, it's bad. And 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 this is a pat on our own back here at the show. Who's telling you this stuff? Where? That's why when people tune in here, like the emails I had to deal with yesterday, people think we're kooks. It's all conspiracy theories. You need to get facts and sources like ABC News. There was one guy that was arguing with me that I don't have any facts and what I'm talking about is garbage because I don't watch ABC News. Yeah, people, I mean, it's it's kind of sad because you want to believe that the government has your best interest at heart. You know, they, they're giving them the benefit of the doubt. Well, you know, it's difficult. It's a big country. There's a lot of things to run. There's a lot of stuff to consider, you know, but when you break it down, everybody in charge there doesn't care about you. You're a means to an end for those people. They're just trying to get reelected so they can get some more money out of the system before they retire. Yep. You know, like the, the government is not your friend. They're not looking to save you. They're not looking to protect you. Otherwise, they would. Instead, they're making shady deals and handing out money to people that don't need it as much as we do. What's scary to me is, is again, it always comes back to this. The biggest enemy, I sound like Trump, but I don't mean to. I would have said this whether Trump existed or not. The biggest enemy in this country. The one thing in this country that will destroy this country eventually is the media. You cannot continue to run a free nation, and that's key there, free nation, with a media that is nothing but propaganda. I mean, when I see a person, like yesterday, one of the guys I was arguing with, his Facebook profile picture was a button that says, I took the booster, we can do this. 
that you would just blindly do anything the government says is exactly what communism is all about. That's exactly what they want. And, you know, we're a free country, but if this continues, media will sink this country because they lie to you on a daily basis. And you're telling me, well, Rick, what can I do? I'm working. And Look, it's very simple. You don't have to take up signs and go to Washington. First of all, stop watching those people. Second of all, I'm talking about Fox News, all of them. Call them on it. Take 10 minutes a day to sit down. Even if you just jotted something down we said on the morning show, don't, don't, pay, don't think that I'm, you know, Test me. Go out there and look it up. Don't use Google. Use one of the other browsers that aren't censored. And look stuff. It's a little difficult at first. But if you do that every day and you start writing to your congressman and say, hey, you know, when you start telling people, hey, Mr. Uh, Rubio, you do nothing down there in Miami. Um, look, I know that you're part of the problem. I know you don't think I do, but I'm a Republican. And I know you're part of the problem. Stop encouraging co corporations to hire illegals because it saves them money or it makes their profits bigger. I mean, all that stuff. And do it to the Democrat. Just once in a while, a little note. You know, that stuff piles up. They do mm -hmm. react to that because when they're very insecure, the minute they think you're on to them and they could possibly lose an election, they freak the F out. And yeah, that's why you see all these politicians flip-flop and that whole hypocrisy you mentioned. Yeah. You know, Hochul's like, oh, send us all your people. And the minute it actually becomes a problem, we got to get rid of these people. <laughs> yes. You know, because it's, uh, what does everybody else think? What's going to keep me here in my seat where I can make fast money? And you don't even need to look up new news. You really don't. All you got to do is look at history because all this stuff has already happened before. It's been happening. And all you got to do is look back to know what's going to happen moving forward. It's Ronald Reagan, 1986. The nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. <laughs> you know, the thing is, is that, and, and this is... This is the nature. I mean, there's that phrase that Joe Rogan mentioned that you mentioned. And, uh, how does that go? Uh, uh, hard men. How does uh, that go? Did soft men create hard, hard time. times? Hard times create hard men. Hard men create soft times. Soft times create soft men. And then it's, it's, cir it's circular. You know, it's a sick. I forget it. It's something it's cyclical. With a, cyclical. It's it's uh, it's and, a cycle. And right now we're in soft times. I know you don't think we are because bread's more expensive, gasoline's a dollar more. No, I feel but, like but, we've but, already kind of had the soft times, and now we got soft people. We are lulled into a sense of complacency, and that's when they drop the bomb. I don't mean literally, but figuratively. I mean that's when the bomb is dropped. That's when the the bad people take over. When it's when we're soft, and we are so soft right now. That's why we have to fight. And you, you, that's not a fight on the street. It's a fight with the keyboard to the people that matter, not to your friends, not Twitter. I'm talking about to the people that matter. You scare them just a little bit, and they do what Kathy Hochul just did. Oh, we got to get rid of them right now, quick, before I don't get reelected and I don't get all the money from all the lobbyists. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's too much of that out there. Like, they're... The government's not there to protect you. They're going to take your stuff and they want to be in charge of you because it makes it easier for them to get done what they need to get done and get paid. Yeah. You know, like they don't they don't really have your best interest at heart. All like right. They never have. Now, Brideline, today is the inaugural ride. It just started about two hours ago. They did a press conference. You don't know what Brightline is. A high-speed rail that goes from here to Miami and back. 79 bucks one way, 140 I think, both ways. It's weird because uh, you figure a train that goes 125 miles an hour would get to Miami and under, you know, how many miles is it, 240 to Miami? Yeah, I figured it'd take, you know, at least shave an hour off of your drive because yeah, you you're not waiting in traffic. You don't really have to... 
but that's not the case. It'll take over three hours. And that's, that's, it's like everything else. I mean, yeah, it's better than driving and get to relax and everything. But I mean, and the only same. advantage over flying is what? You get to bring some luggage and not get the pat down? Right. I don't know if you get a pat down or not, but uh, they had a press conference uh, just about two hours ago. Oh, no, about an hour and a half ago. I'll replay the press conference. This is the CEO of Brightline. Hi, this is Carl Jenkins, the new CEO of Brightline, formerly the CEO of Sunrail. Well, I'm very excited today to announce that this is Brightline's first ride. Uh, those of you wondering what kind of experience we're talking about here, the train will mostly remain on the track most of the trip, and you'll be able to sit in your seat and eventually someone in a beautiful new conductor's outfit nicely starts will come by and check your ticket. Any uh, questions? Hi, uh, Timmy Leonard from Railroad Magazine here. Now for our $79 one-way trip, I, I assume that the, the train, uh, uh, seeing as it goes so fast, will get there in a, a very rapid amount of time. Is that correct? Well, you would think, but no, it actually takes about 15 minutes longer than driving your stupid Prius. But, uh, uh forgive me for asking, but there, there's really nothing else on the tracks, right? Here at Brightline, we encourage you not to ask a lot of questions and just get on the damn train. Okay, next question. Jeb Jankett here for, uh, Trains Weekly. Okay. Now, do you mean to tell me this thing goes 100 miles an hour and it still takes me three hours to get to Miami? Well, actually, it goes 125 miles an hour, and that's absolutely correct, so. Am I allowed to have sex in the bathroom? Um, well... How much are the baggage fees? Well, at the time, there are no... Is there any place I can store my chickens? Being as we're running out of time for this uh, presser, uh, why don't you just uh, get on the train and uh, stop asking so many damn questions? $79. And don't forget our motto here at Brideline is, uh, getting there is half the fun. <laughs> yeah. Am I allowed to ride on top? Why don't you just shut up? It's the fastest choo-choo here in Florida. Get on the bright line. Keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle. Por favor, mantenga celojado de las puertas. The Sunny Update. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with the world gone crazy. Well, Jill's out. She'll hopefully be back on Monday, and Smokestack and Stein is doing the thing with the crazy. Hey. Brought to you by All Electric Services. Imagine if uh, Apple, if you're familiar with Apple, you've unpacked an Apple device of some sort. You know how cool the boxes are. Yeah, at least they used to be. JBL and um, a lot of other companies have picked up on the packaging that part of the joy of buying something is the packaging. And Apple had done a great job with the packaging. It's only yeah. so much fun and it feels like you're opening the, something really expensive. People have made a fortune off of doing YouTube videos where it's just unboxing stuff. Oh, yeah. And some of the boxes are awesome. So um, imagine a loaf of bread that's in, in a packaging that's sort of like that. That is what Warburton's bread is. It's in the UK. Warburton's? And it's British. But the packaging is so cool. And it's 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 a bread like much like Wonder Bread's been around forever. And you know, business has fallen off a little bit. There's a lot of competitors. They do have really, really good bread. It's called Warburton's Toasty Loaf. And the CEO of the company's getting rather old, and he's always been stodgy. He's British. You know what I'm saying? Old and stodgy. So they took a little gamble, and this company in Britain hired Samuel L. Jackson to do a commercial for them. He was, he was given free reign to use his riders and do a commercial for Warburton Bread. It, it sounds like something that's almost impossible. He pulled it off. 
So I don't know if this will translate on the radio. I'll give you a little play-by-play if I have to. Here's the commercial. Samuel Jackson for Warburton Bread. Hi, I'm Jonathan Warburton, chairman of the UK's largest family bakery. Now, I'm a good guy, family man. But sometimes Johnny Lovely Crumpets won't cut it. Sometimes you need Samuel L. Jackson to play you in a commercial because when I see this from Steve up in my socials, it unleashes a furious anger in me. Jonathan, I love your toasty loaf, but I've seen other toasty loaves in the shops that look exactly the same. What gives? What gives? What gives, Tweety Pie, is me, Jonathan Warburton. I give. And hell has no fury like a baker scorned, Steve. You see, the righteous baker suffers the slings and arrows of temptation at every turn. Sure, we could pack our toasty loaf full of so much run-of-the-mill wheat it'd make your mama cry, but would we? <laughs> Hell no. So he drives in the bus to make his mama cry. The guy who wrote in on social media that his bread's just like all the other breads. He's driving in a truck all the way over there. He gets out of the truck and confronts the mama. We pack it full of our unique blend of wheat and 147 years of baking passion! He grabs the bread that she has, which looks like Warburton, which he (laughs) mentioned in the... uh, you know, in the Facebook post, and tosses it in the street and gives her a brand new loaf of Warburton bread. Like my father, his father, his father, and his mother. We get up hella early, and we stay up hella late. Thanks, Wuss. We test for softness, butterability, mm-hmm. and bounce back ability. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> and it goes on. It's a little lengthy, but it's it's worth a watch. So if you get a chance, it's uh, Samuel L. Jackson for Warburton Bread. And then at the end, the, C- the real CEO comes out, and he's you can tell he's just, that's Warburton. Thank you, Mr. Jackson. Yes. Oh, no, he's like to hear me. Well, you, they don't. <laughs> Well-mannered frivolity. 1986, Cindy Crawford did an interview with Oprah. Uh, Oprah. I don't know what this phrase means. Probably a lot of people know it because I'm just kind of, like I said, average intelligence. But Cindy Crawford looked back at it just recently, 1986, the interview she did with Oprah. And she felt like chattel. Do you, you looked that up? A chattel? How is it spelled? Uh, she Making her feel like chattel. C-H-A-T-T-E-L. During the interview. Uh, tangible, movable, personal property. Yes, like 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 a like a property. It's a catch-all category of property associated with movable goods. Well, Oprah Winfrey treated Cindy Crawford, who was 19 at the time and a supermodel already, as a piece of chattel, piece of property. Here's how that went. Did she always have this body? <laughs> this is unbelievable. <laughs> Stand up just a moment, because no one saw you come in standing up. Now, this is what I call a body. <laughs> Very good, very good. But I'm not, not, I don't weigh 100 pounds. I'll tell that lady on the phone that I do not weigh 100 pounds. You're what, are you about 5'9", 5'10"? 5'9", and I try to stay around 120. Okay. So. I'm happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine if Is that, that Oprah objectifying a woman? Yes. Could you imagine if that happened today? Remember, she's like, give us a turn here, huh? Oh, sweetheart. Remember, in 1986, Oprah was already pretty big. I mean, I don't mean physically. I mean, she was pretty big as a celebrity, but not as big as her, uh, as what's his face? Who's the gray hair? Remember the gray haired guy that ruled middays um, with big glasses, big, big liberal? um, Oh, come on. Talk show host. Come on. Midday. 
Middays. He was on Middays. Everybody watched him. With big glasses? Yeah, big glasses, big gray hair. He always had the white, shiny hair. White, shiny hair. Was he married hair. to Mary Tyler Moore or something like that? I don't remember. I'm having a brain fart. I don't know. I can't. As soon as you say gray hair, I picture Regis Philbin. And no, no, no. Him. No, it's before that. So anyway, um, Oprah would have been canceled. Cindy Crawford was turning 20 that month. She would have never made it because they were fat shaming. And if you look at Oprah back then, she was a little heavy, but she was nowhere near what she turned into later. This would have been a, a, a career-ending day for them, both of them. Oh, yeah, in today's climate now, you, you ask a 20-year-old girl to stand up, give us a turn there, sweetheart. And now Cindy Crawford's coming out going, oh, she treated me like property. You didn't think so so much when when you came out in, in that stage there and it was the first time you got yourself up on TV and all of a sudden you're not only just a model, but now people know your face. Yeah. Elite model management hires you. Meanwhile, Oprah's over here. Oh, sweetheart. <laughs> yeah. But now she's trying to virtue signal so she can get in with the in crowd of people who are woke and hypersensitive and triggered easily by these fat shaming people like Oprah. Uh, we got a little message here on Instagram. This guy Jonas writes in and he's got a question, a little bit of a dilemma. He says, I have a coworker who seems to thrive on drama and gossiping. When I was new, I played along because I wanted to fit in. Now, I find it all exhausting and get tired of being put in the middle of he said, she said situations. How do I get out of them? My new play is just to say, I don't care whenever they come to me with something that isn't related to how I do my job. Hold on. Okay, go ahead. As a result, I found myself becoming an outcast at work and people view me as more antisocial. Is it a fair trade-off or am I hurting myself long-term by telling my workers, coworkers, I don't care? <laughs> <laughs> you do that a lot, Rick. What's your experience? I don't care. <laughs> hey, what was the guy's name? Hello? Yeah, what was the guy's name? Phil Donahue. Phil, Phil Donahue. Donahue. Yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah, 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 Wasn't yeah. he married to Mary Tyler Moore? No. Who was he married? Dad, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phil, Do Phil he ru Donahue. He ruled uh, midday television, right? Yes, he did. He was the big. He was big, bigger than Oprah at the time. Yeah, he was. Yep. All right. Thank you for the answer, Phil Donahue. Phil Donahue. Sorry about your story, but I just didn't no, care very much. He was married to Marlo Thomas. Marlo Thomas. Same thing. And Marge Cooney. <laughs> Wasn't Marlo Thomas the, the cheap Mary Tyler Moore? Uh, yeah. I think she was, wasn't she? You don't know what I'm talking about, do you? No, Marlo, she had a lot of work done. What was she in? Marlo Thomas was Phil Donahue's wife. She was also in some sitcom. Oh, uh, she wasn't that girl. Yeah, but she looked, didn't she look a little like Mary Tyler Moore? Uh, yeah, she kind of the look, but when you see newer photos. I was a kid. I got all that stuff confused. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, no, she was from uh, That Girl. Okay. That yeah. girl. That girl. I know I know you had that on on your TiVo, no? All the time. Um, this guy, Rick Matthews, took a big vacation this past year. 23 days he took. Mm -hmm. Across Europe, North Africa, during which time he rode 131 roller coasters. Yeah, um, <laughs> he went all those places because Megaphobia, a wooden roller coaster in Wales, was closed during his visit. That is only one of just four coasters in the world he hasn't ridden. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah, he's one of these people, and I didn't know there's this whole subculture mm-hmm. of people that try to ride every roller coaster, and that's their hobby. I could see that. I, my stomach is not built for that, but I could see that. That'd be fun. Mine's not built for that anymore either, but I just couldn't believe how dedicated these people are. Uh, the, the hobby goes nuts. There's this guy, George Greenway. Mm-hmm. He's a 63-year-old retired automotive engineer. He ranks number one on CoasterCount.com. It's a site widely used by aficionados to track their progress. Now, he, he ascended the ranks during a six-year stint in China as an engineer. He's ridden over 3,100 coasters. Wow. Oh, yeah, 3,100 coasters at over 1,500 parks in 79 countries. Dang, God, man. Yeah, he takes weekend trips around the globe with his friend Richard Bannister, who's ranked number two on CoasterCount.com. What do you think they talk about over dinner? <laughs> Have you ridden the little children's roller coaster over here at Old Town yet? <laughs> God. They do. They'll try to ride every single one. Even the little ones? Yeah. Wow. It... it Mommy is a prevert on the little toy coaster. Like, are you sponsored by Dramamine? I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I did one time. I did one of those things where every time we rode around once, we would get money raised for Kids Without Heads Foundation or oh, something like yeah. that. How many did you make? I think I made like fifteen. It was on. It was on. Um, I was in L.A. It was at Magic Mountain. It was the. I don't know. It was the intestinal fortitude coaster. I don't know. It's one of those ones with the so pipes and you go upside down and everything. Yeah. Dude, after the 15th, I was sick the rest of the day. Oh, my girlfriend and I went to Bush Gardens not that long ago. And we did all of them except for one, I think. Mm-hmm. And that was like, I got off and was like, she's like, you want to do this one again? I'm like, I, I got to sit down. I feel like a soda that's just gotten shaken. Like, I, I can't. It's a horrible feeling. Oh, Why yeah. would you do that? It, it's so difficult. Now, I almost get worried about some of them. They're like... Does too much of that give you vertigo? I don't think so. There was that one guy on the, what was the cheetah one? Yeah. At Bush Guards that like pooped himself. <laughs> yeah, that I can see. <laughs> oh, God. That goes fast. Yeah. Uh, Walter Isaacson, he's an author, and people have been looking forward to this book for a while. It's the highly anticipated biography of Elon Musk. Oh. Sold 92,560 copies in its first week on sale, and, uh, it's it's like a New York Times bestseller now. Number one. Wow. At least in the hardcover section. But it's talking about, you know, it's the biography of Elon Musk. Now available on audiobook. The biography of Elon Musk, as narrated by Elon Musk himself. Chapter one. I made a lot of money. So much money. Wow. So rich. You'll love this deep dive into the life of this billionaire visionary. Chapter two. I made even more money than I made the day before. So now I have way more money. So rich. Yes. The biography of (laughs) Elon Musk. Chapter three. Remember before when I said I had a lot of money? Well, I bought some stuff and had slightly less less money. Chapter 4. I made way more money to make up for the money I spent, so I still ended up with more money than I had before. Yeah. Available now. I know. It's crazy, right? Crazy talk. Top 5, top 5 all time. Now it's the Friday Top 5 on the Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. And now, live from Burbank, California, it's the Top 5 starring Smokestack, the guy who picks songs nobody knows. Uh, we're in Burbank. Jill Bucko, faking sick at home, applying makeup and scrolling. I'm so proud of And the king of the show, here he is, Rick Stacy. 
five big ones to number one as the countdown rolls on. Our topic today, of course, is going to be all about that F-35 that uh, crashed because the pilot ejected. We don't know what happened, whether he did it on purpose or not, but uh, we did enjoy the single eyewitness who says that he saw the plane go down. Uh, in the bathroom taking a shave, and I heard a, a screeching, saw that between a screech and a whistle. What in the world is this? <laughs> that sounds about right. Sounding very much like the goat. <laughs> so that's what we're celebrating today. So 407-919-1059. Pick a song that has lost or found in the title, and you're on. We're going to start our list right now. So uh, this is a tough one for two reasons. There's not many songs with lost and found, and... Jill's not here, so doing this with two people is almost impossible. Sounds like some repeats to me. All right. Well, we'll see. Here is my number five song on the countdown with Lost or Found in the title. Your love, baby. I can feel your love fading. Girl, it's fading away from me. Cause your touch, your touch has grown cold. You don't know the song, do you? Uh, no, I'm trying to figure it out. It sounds very familiar. I fool myself. Come on, man, be the temps. Yeah, I was going to say, you tell us the temptations from the children. It's just I'm losing you. I'm losing you. Nice. Good, right? All right. Number one song. Nice. Number five song there on my list. Now we go to Smoke's number five song. Oh, all right. Yeah, I tried to get the Tom Cruise singing the version, but there was all these other guys yelling in the background. <laughs> no, this is good. no tenderness like grief in your Believe it or not, I didn't think of this. Really? Yeah. Well, I figured you'd have had it on there. You're trying hard not to show it. He's very nice. upset. Yeah, well, you know, I would. All right, here we go. Let's go to the Not phones now. Do you have somebody set up already? Uh, yeah, Ken is on line one. Ken on line one, a song about lost or found. What do you got? Hey, guys, Phil Donahue, Marlo Thomas. Did I win? <laughs> <laughs> now, didn't Marlo Thomas look a lot like Mary Tyler Moore, no? I thought she was. I, I personally thought Marlo Thomas was a lot better looking than Mary Tyler Moore. I would agree with that. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> and I think she's aged a little better too. Oh, I haven't uh, seen her lately. That's my opinion. All right, she um, had a little work done on the nose to try to get that back, but in they, that girl, I think they all have at that point. But yeah, that girl was uh, that girl was kind of a smoke show. <laughs> That's what they should have called the show. A smoke show. Okay. All right. What do we got? Uh, I got the uh, one of my favorites. The Screaming Trees nearly lost you. Oh my uh. God! Screaming Trees. Like the one you knew 
that song in years. Probably about 10, 12. Yeah, it's a great song. Good choice, man. I appreciate nice it. Nice pick, Ken. You guys have a great weekend. Thanks. You, you too. I bet you pretty much no one that's listening right now knows that song. But I mean, it was, wasn't unpopular. It was a big alternative hit. Yeah. You yeah, know, that's right. For its day, everything was, you know, very grungy. Like it peaked at like number five at least. It did? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go with my number four song. Oh, well, that's not still my number five song. <laughs> okay. Let's go with my number four songs, Things Lost or Found for the F-35. Here we go. Oh, nice. I almost did this, too. Good. Who's that? Uh, it's Harold Melvin, Melvin and, the, and the Blue Notes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The Sound of Philadelphia, man. I could have been one of those singers. I just didn't have the sequin suit. Oh, or the voice. Well, yeah, that's true too. <laughs> All right, here's Smoke's number four song. Uh, what is this? Jay Giles Band. That's fine. Besides, we've got Dwayne from Claremont on line four. All right, Dwayne, what do you got? Hopefully some somebody knows. Oh, I hope so. It's a classic from Cher. I found someone. Oh, I picked that one. True. You did? Yeah, I did. Just like the love I thought I found in you. She had big hair back then. Yeah, yep. she did. She was, this is like a heart song. She did have a great voice, right? She does. Except when she choked on her hair. Here we go, everybody! Yeah, man, that's us, Cher. She did. You think she beat the crap out of Sonny a lot? I would imagine. Yeah, probably so. Yeah. All right, man. Thanks for your call. 
pick him up by his All right, furry vest. You too. That's actually one of the share songs I do like. That's that's a really good, powerful song. She got a powerful voice for it. You she know? does. All right, we go back to my list, and here's the number three song on the Rick Stacy Top Five: Lost and Found. Hit it. Number three. I almost grabbed this, but I knew you would. Yeah. Jeez. That was a good pick, Rick. Nice pick, Rick. Good job. All right, what other unknown song will you have now? This what is will I have? I don't even remember what I had in there. Smoke's number three song, Found and Lost, either one. Here we go. Okay. Yeah, this is a little band called U2. They're yeah. Irish. You might not have heard of them. had to do is play that right after the press conference. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, in case you just tuned in, this is the top five, and we're playing songs today that are the subject lost or found because they lost that F-35, the most sophisticated fighter jet in the world. And then some guy found it. <laughs> the guy that we keep playing here, this is the one. He tells us what it sounds like when he heard it crash. He was the uh, only... Between a screech and a whistle. Yeah. <laughs> What in the world is this? <laughs> That's going to that. be around for years to come. <laughs> it is. Sherry's on line two. Sherry, Sherry, what do you got for us this morning? Lost and found. I said I have I have both in it, Lost and Found by Ellie Golding. I actually know this song. I'm amazed that it's seven years old now. Yep. I just want to know who does her hair. I know, right? Thank you very much. Nice pick. By the way, I love your guys' show. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry. Come on over sometime. <laughs> Bring biscuits. Okay. 
All right, there we go. Let's go back to, uh, where do we go now? What are we, number two? Yeah, that's where I went on. Number two? Number two. Here's my number two song on my top five. Baby, baby, you ain't going to get to do it. That was Cher that that guy just picked. Ah, to so, the bonus number two. Okay, the bonus number two. Was just a dream. That was oh, I feel stupid for not thinking of this. That's me in the corner. Yep. <laughs> That's me in the spot. Like, like looks in my religion. Sounds like sheep. Trying to keep up you. And I don't know. Sounded like sheep to me. I don't know why. Well, it's the sheep inflection. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. It's not a fan, but I like that song. All right. Smoke's number two song oh on the countdown. Oh, yeah. Gin Blossom. Yeah, you took this one from me. That's all right. Oh, yeah, this too? Yep. Happy, happy song. what a gin blossom was because I thought it was like a flower. It's not, right? No. What is it? It's uh, it's a term for an alcoholic nose. Made what? famous by a, an actor in the early 1900s. He was a heavy drinker and uh, thought to be an alcoholic and he had a large bulbous nose that he always referred to as his gin blossom. <laughs> wow, what you learn on this show. Crazy, huh? Wow, I'll think about that all weekend. Let's hope Karen didn't hang up after hearing that. Karen's on line three. Karen, what do you got for us? Is song with a found or lost in the title somewhere? Lost in Love by Air Supply. Oh. My wife's loving this. Big Air Supply golf. Yeah. It started so easy. Smells like Bed Bath and Beyond in here. Check aisle seven. Doilies. Fluffy things aisle seven. Fluffy things aisle seven. Okay, wait a minute. Hold on. Hey, thanks for your call. Thank you, Karen. Wait, I'm checking my testosterone level. Oh, I knew that would happen. What, just from air supply? Yeah, it's dropping. Quick, stop it. All right, we'll cut Turn off that off. air supply. Down to 300 milliliters per gram. 
Well, I mean, they have like nice beats, but it's just it's a little smooth for some people's taste. Um, my wife used to be a light. She probably still is. She probably doesn't listen to me. She looks to love to listen to those light stations. The music everyone can agree on. Light 96 FM. Because you can barely hear it, and it's very soft in the background. <laughs> what are we at, number one now? I know, I'm such an ass. What? We at number one? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right, number one. Okay. Number one. Number one on my list, songs with lost or found, dedicating this whole countdown to the F-35 that was lost, and then, sounds like a romantic rom-com uh, an aircraft that was lost and then found here's number one on my list and you could have a change of heart uh, why didn't I pick this I love stealing air you don't want to call nobody else send it off in a letter to yourself I'll never understand this song Sending your number to your letter. When you get home. Wow, that doesn't apply today, does it? Yeah. Ricky, don't lose that number. Okay, we go to Smoke's list. Here is his number one song. Songs having to do with loss. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, it just had something go wrong. What, are you driving the bright line something train Something went horribly wrong there. I don't know what happened. Hold on, hold on. Let me get control of this computer thing. There's still some noise going on in the background. It's like this thing's haunted. Oh, my God. Yeah, every, where is that? I have to stop every single thing. Do you have a live microphone somewhere? No, 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 no. Everything in the entire computer just went off. Okay. What do you mean it went off? It just, everything started playing all at once. All at once? Yeah. What, what? All right. No, let's get, it's under control again. It got excited. Here's Smoke's number one song, Things Having to Do with Lost or Found. Hit it. Go. Oh! No, that's my first one. That's your what? That's my first one. As your first one. That was the first the one I played. No, you didn't. That was my num number number five. That was your number five. That can't be your number five. Here, here's your number five. Hang on, I think yeah. you broke it. No, I didn't. That was your number five song. Now you're hallucinating. No, I'm pretty sure it was this song by Starship. Okay, I haven't played that yet. That's number one, no? Uh, you got two more songs left. I like the Lou Rawls better, so. Didn't I have that as number five? No. It's a good song, but no. I'll take it. Find your way back. Fine. Find your way back. Jefferson, was it, were they a starship or they had airplanes still at this point? No, it was they just, starship. Just starship? Yeah. Jefferson not in it? I don't know. I don't know. That's your number one, not this one. Oh, Lou Rawls is good. I'll take it. As long as you live. Someone who loves you. Tender like I do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I go for the Lou Rawls instead of the Jefferson hair pie or whatever it is. All right, let's go to uh, who? Uh, we've got Steve on line one. Steve on line one. Steve, what do you got for us? Songs about lost and found. Hey, Rick, I've got Lost in the Supermarket by The Clash. <laughs> okay. 
Thanks a lot. Thanks, Steve. Thanks a lot, Rick. Thanks. Right. Uh, have a great weekend, you guy. You guy. You guy. You singular guy. <laughs> you just the one guy. We the rest to- of you have a mediocre weekend. <laughs> the Sunny Update. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.